they're standing and they're applauding that dramatic performance by James Orville and Christopher Dean. Alex Bilodeau. It takes a lot to make him happy and he is clearly pleased. She's up, she's moving nicely. She's got it. Yes! yes. Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you today for another interview. So big is this one that we've got two people on the show today, two guests and a second co-host because apparently sometimes we get them as well. Uh, before I talk about who we've got on the show, it's a pleasure to welcome back Colin Hilding. I was about to call you Colleen Hilding because apparently we oh. never do that. Uh, hello, well, Colleen. There's... Welcome back to the show. I think there's a reason why. I mean, we had two out of four people on a team here. We were both trying out for the other two spots and equal number of men and women. That's a, that's a mixed team, right? Well done. Look at you turning in a negative to a positive. That worked out <laughs> fantastically. Uh, but we are thrilled to welcome back to the show today uh, Canadian ski jumper Ali Ludit. And for the first time to the show today, her teammate from the mixed team that won a bronze medal in Beijing, uh, Matthew Sukup. I got the name right then. I get it wrong when we do the introduction, which, of course, is uh, not unlike me. But um, this is a great chat. Obviously, we had Ali back on, I believe that was in January, our very first ever ski jumper that we ever had on the show. And, uh, of course, people who listened to our Beijing coverage would remember we were on air when they won the medal. It was a great moment. Colin had to leave the room, basically, mm. for five minutes uh, to relieve himself. I can't remember what happened. <laughs> but um, it was a great moment, great uh, great time of the Olympics, history-making, of course, medal for Canada, and one of my favourite moments for Beijing, and it's great to be able to chat to Ali again here and uh, chat to Matt for the first time. Yeah, you know, uh, in the lead-up to Beijing, I mean, I, I mentioned a little bit on here, I mean, this is a sport ski jumping which has not really been high-profile in Canada, and uh, it was through the interviews on the show that uh, I kind of started to get familiar and excited about the sport. And I really think it started when you had Ali on the show. I'm like, you know, I, I think this might be a new favorite sport. I got to watch more. And then after that, we had Abby on. And then uh, even, um, you know, one of their competitors, sorry, uh, Casey Larson, you know, the American. Uh, I, I just think there, there's something so fun about ski jumpers and, and particularly the ones in North America. I, I think it's so much of it has to do with the fact that they are more struggling athletes and they both talk about them in the interview a little bit here too. Just the struggles that uh, you have to go through as a ski jumping athlete, you know, it, it kind of pushes you a lot harder. And I think that, that, that makes for some great personalities in the sport and obviously makes it for even more exciting results uh, for what they achieved in Beijing. It, it really is a fascinating chat too to learn more things, what you were saying there, of course, too, and then just everything that happened in Beijing because it was just such a, a unique uh, moment how this all happened and, of course, really not expected to remotely come within bull's roar of a, of a medal. Uh, so hence why when we were on air doing that, we were so shocked that it was happening. So it's great to kind of hear from both Ali and Matt here, just those emotions or reactions that were going through their head when it happened and everything that came from it too, the media attention and everything else in between. I will say as well right now that if you're listening to this, it's a great chat. There's some fun little raw moments, which I'm not going to edit out. There's just some <laughs> legitimate moments here when it comes to sort of some bad internet connections with Matt and there's a dog involved and all this sort of stuff, which I'm just going to leave it because I think it's, just, it's a fun little thing. But I highly recommend if you're listening to this, 
which you are, you're not watching this part because we don't release this part of the video. Watch the video interview yes. as well because there's a few visual moments, including an appearance from one of our favorite things from Beijing and the medals get brought out here as well. So um, by all means, listen to this. It's a great chat, but then I go on you to were our YouTube talking channel. about me. I'm oh, let Colin, down now. I'm sorry. <laughs> always want to stare you, stare you, stare at you, basically. <laughs> Remember when we did this in like this is the second take and how I said, let's redo this before? I should have really done this. <laughs> This, whole this was is, the better one. This was the better one, basically. This is the award-winning podcast, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the, the best Olympic and Paralympic podcast from the Sports Podcast Awards. Um, I'm going to shut up. We're going to play our chat right now with Canadian Olympic bronze medal-winning ski jumpers Matthew Sukup and Ali Luton. <laughs> One of our favourite moments during the Beijing Olympics this year was Canada creating history, winning their very first ski jumping medal in the history of the Olympics. Not only was it Canada's first ever ski jumping medal, it was the first time North America had won a ski jumping medal since 1924. We were on air when it was happening and we proverbially lost our shit because one quarter, well, actually one half of that team were two former guests on this show. And we are so excited today to welcome one of our former guests back onto the show and a new guest to the show who were part of that mixed team that won Canada's first ever ski jumping medal in Beijing. First of all, welcoming back to the show, the very first ski jumper we ever had on Off the Podium, and she went on to win a freaking medal. So I'm just saying, we did it. Thanks, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Ali Lutin is back. Ali, first of all, welcome back to Off the Podium. It's a pleasure to welcome you here on the show again. Thank you for having me. I always love being on. And uh, I should say number one listener to Off the Podium as well, <laughs> uh, I, I, I will say. Our only listener. So uh, that, that also <laughs> usually helps. And also on the show, another member of that team for the very first time here on Off the Podium, another member of that team that won a bronze medal in Beijing, the one, the only, Mr. Matthew Sokoop. Did I say it correctly? Uh, Sukup no. works, but Sukup. thank you for having oh, me. Oh, jeez. I That's nearly got it there. Yeah. No, it's a weird and, last name, so I'm, uh, I'm used to it. I was going to say with Ali last time, I think I practiced for about half an hour before we went on air, didn't I, with your last name, whereas this time around I'm just like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to get this correct. So You're like, I'll get it on air, it's okay. Yeah, and now that confidence. Yeah, the confidence just kind of blew that way. But congratulations, first of all, to you both. I mean, at the time of recording this, it's been, what, three months since Beijing, which is crazy. Uh, I want to start off with you, Ali, because, again, our first ever ski jumper, you went on to win a medal. How how is, has it sunk in yet that you can sit here and say that not only you're an Olympian, but you're a freaking Olympic medalist? Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, it still doesn't feel completely real, but it is real. Like, I know it's real. It's just unbelievable, especially because it was so unexpected for us. But I think that's part of the reason why it was so amazing is because none of us were really expecting it to happen then. And when it did, it just made all those emotions that you'd feel winning an Olympic medal, regardless, so much more intense. And the fact that we did it as a team too is even better. Like, cause you're not only having this moment internally, you're sharing it with like your whole team and your friends. And, and who would be of the four of you, the, the most recent addition to the team? I mean, is it you, Ali or uh, Matt? How long have you been there prior to Ali or uh, is it, is it Abby? Who is it? 
so I'm the youngest. I joined the national team this July. So less than uh, a year out from winning an Olympic medal, I joined the Canadian national team and like started competing in World Cups. And, and Matt, I mean, when you were coming to these Olympics, was the uh, the, the team event something that uh, that you were excited for, getting ready for? I mean, I, I would guess that you've probably had a little bit more time to prepare just for the individual events. Yeah, so I was actually most looking forward to uh, the mixed team event because I knew that that was the one that we had the best chance at, like in terms of placing. And um, yeah, I just remember during the event, we were really happy to be just, you know, competitive and like um, in the competition, you know, fighting for places and making second round, like even before the medal, we were jumping up and down, hugging because we were in fifth going into the second round. And we're like, this is so crazy. And, uh, or was it fourth? I'm not sure. Fourth after Mac jumped. Yeah, fourth. So it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were already really, really, ha- really happy before, um, before you know, everything went down. Uh, I'd love to just quickly touch, Matt, just while we're talking about, I guess, well, I mean, we're here to talk about ski jumping, Ben. I believe these are two athletes who compete in ski jumping. Good way of putting that. But yourself getting into the sport, we obviously covered this mm. with, Ali when we had her on uh, a couple of months ago, but just a brief, I guess, summary of how you got into ski jumping, which ultimately led to you going to an Olympics and winning an Olympic medal. Sure. So, um, I mean, from a young age, my parents got me into downhill skiing. So I was started when I was like four, just, you know, my parents kind of corralling me down the hill. And then, um, when I think I was about eight or nine years old, um, this Olympic Park, Canada Olympic Park in Calgary, um, is about five minutes away from where I grew up. And they have this multi-sport program for kids during the summer. And my parents put me in it and I got to try like so many different sports. I got to try luge. Um, I got to try mountain biking, cross-country skiing, biathlon, and as well as ski jumping. And, um, I was one of those kids that was always like, uh, trying to throw themselves off things, trying to go fast, trying to jump far. And so, uh, yeah, ski jumping was just kind of natural, even though the, you know, the jump was quite small back then. Um, I still had a blast, made some good friends and uh, decided to keep with it. I love this camp. This camp has just come up a, a few times now, I think. But the, the one question yeah. I quickly got to ask is uh, when you would do your downhill, did you ever have your dad chasing after you, yelling at you to do pizza and everything? Because uh, I, I, people go back and listen to our great chat we did with Alec and she's shown me that video since. So uh, I don't know if this is just a Canadian thing where you got your parents skiing after you, yelling at you for not listening to them. Yeah, it was something like that. I mean, um, I'm sure my parents could tell you better than I can remember, but uh, yeah, I think they were chasing after me. <laughs> great video by the way ali i appreciate we we did see that eventually so uh you know I I could, was, amazing oh yeah it, you know i was like to my parents it's like yeah watching this video you probably never thought yeah that's gonna be an olympic medalist in skiing sports 100 it's like yeah no not a chance <laughs> The, the, the most amazing thing about that is the fact that once you're at the bottom of the hill i'm watching this, this is the scariest thing i've ever seen you are completely cool. I mean, a child probably going through this traumatic experience and it didn't phase you at all. I, well, I kind of like just looked at my dad and was like, I couldn't stop. <laughs> it was just so innocent too, just the way you just got, your dad's like, I swear I'm about to like have a heart attack and die. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> I stop, dad. <laughs> he was so upset. He was like, he 
pretty sure I was going to run into a fence or someone else at the bottom. He's like, oh my God, my kid's going to end up dead. <laughs> so, so Matt, just on sort of with everything that you were saying in terms of, you know, that camp selection, ski jumping, it's how it works. I mean, do you, as a child, are you looking at something like an Olympics as something to aspire to? Were you sort of competitive in other sports or was this just sort of something that came along the way once you progressed in ski jumping that you wanted to strive towards an Olympics? Yeah. So, I mean, I was always kind of competitive as a kid. I did uh, soccer from a young age, as I'm sure most Canadian kids did. And then I also did a bit of downhill skiing competitively. Um, and it actually wasn't until ski jumping that, uh, you know, that somebody mentioned the Olympics and that was kind of like lit the flame in my head about it. And, um, and then a couple of years later, you know, I started jumping a little bit better, started jumping well, and I could see like, oh, this is actually possible. Like I can actually go for this. And then that just fed the flame. And it's always, it was always kind of burning in me, the, the desire to go to the Olympics and, you know, represent Canada and, and prove it to myself. But yeah. Yeah, I've, I've only ever been to Calgary during the winter, and I find it interesting listening to these interviews from athletes from there, uh, that like the Windsport Park, there's stuff to do there during the summer. I mean, ski jumping in particular, I can kind of imagine going down the jump, but I mean, either or both of you, you're probably both familiar with it. How does it work in the summer? I mean, do you land on the grass? <laughs> they, they put crash pads out? Um, do you want to explain or can I? Uh, sure, I can explain. So it's like... Um... It's like plastic matting, almost. They look like little, um, almost like plastic strands of spaghetti. And uh, they go all the way down the hill. And with sprinklers, they spray water onto it. And it makes just a slippery surface. And it kind of, you know, feels like snow. And, um, and uh, yeah, you can land on it in the summer. And believe it or not, there's still competitions in the summer for ski jumping. There's a whole circuit, um, which is really surprising to most people because they always seem to think we land in water for some reason, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's fascinating. Cause I know through, uh, after we had you on Ali, I think we had pretty much every ski jumper on the planet on, uh, we went through a nice string of our ski jumpers afterwards, yeah. but it was learning about that sort of the summer tour. And I keep pushing for Brisbane 2032 again in Australia, it is going to be in our winter so therefore it is technically a winter Olympics and Australia has never had a ski jumper. So uh, I think that we can push for that, for them to build a giant ski jump and have the summer side of things. Cause is it something that both of you, you know, when you do say, if you're doing the summer circuit, you know, you prefer like the winter over the summer. Like, I mean, does the summer have its own sort of unique competitive style that might be different to sort of the snow side of things? Arguably, at least for the women, it's less competitive because it doesn't go towards winning a crystal globe or your overall rank. And so really you only win prize money in the top six instead of top 20. And it's just a lot less people show up to every single event, unlike in the winter where there's girls who are fighting every single event to get their hands on the crystal globe, which kind of changes the competitive nature of the event. And I just wondering, during the lead up to Beijing, uh, was there a reduction in competitions or were you both able to get as many uh, runs in as you would normally get, uh, say, if this were going into 2014 or 2018? Uh, I actually couldn't tell you the answer to that because in 2014, I was like 
10 years old. Uh, so I have yes, no you're not a, a dinosaur like you, Colin. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't really know what the training program was like leading into those games. Uh, so you could, could probably tell you better the competitive or like the competitions leading into 2018, but I actually don't really know. Yeah. I mean, from like a, a general standpoint, um, everyone jumps better during an Olympic year. Everyone takes their jumping like a little bit higher. They're trying a little bit harder. Um, they're doing everything that they can during that year because everyone knows it only comes once every four years. And um, yeah, it's just a bit more competitive, but uh, in terms of like two weeks before the Olympics, um, the competitions are pretty similar. This year was a bit different with COVID. A lot of teams decided to take it easy. Um, they don't want to risk potentially getting exposed at the last competition before the game. So there was, you know, quite a few guys missing from that. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, it's everyone brings their a game during an Olympic year and, uh, it's definitely noticeable as a competitor. Just before we get to the whole experience with Beijing, Ali, when we had you back on, you had all but qualified. It was basically a foregone conclusion. You just had to have everything solidified. So you obviously knew then. Um, but I guess to both of you, uh, what was that moment like when you were both confirmed? I mean, I'll start with you, Ali, because I said you were basically confirmed, but when you were officially confirmed, what's that moment like when well, you were going to the Olympics? I actually lost my spot because I got disqualified in one event. And then I did get it back the very next day, fortunately. Um, but so there was like that moment where it was like a little slip up, like, and I just saw everything like crashing down. I was like, like full blown freak out about this. And I managed to pull myself together. And at the time it was a new personal best. So it was my first top 15 result on the world cup. So I was pretty happy with that. It was my first world cup points. It was my first uh, world cup on a big hill. Like it was my second world cup event ever. So it was a pretty good comeback after a disqualification and kind of that heartbreak where it's like, Oh my God, like it was kind of the realization that it was like, you know, it was a reminder that it wasn't a guarantee that I still, you know, had to push for it. Uh, but once I found out it was like a feeling of relief and it was just so exciting and I was so over the moon and Abby and I were texting back and forth constantly like, oh, like we're going to do this there and this and this. And we were just really excited to be going. And Matt, for yourself, was it a similar sort of sense of just boom, I'm, I'm, I'm going? And hopefully you didn't like get disqualified and have to do that turnaround <laughs> situation as well. Uh, um, I don't know. My situation was a bit unique. Um, me and Mackenzie are pretty much the only um, Canadian males on uh, the national team. So in terms of competing against each other for a spot, it wasn't, I had to just qualify myself on the world stage. I didn't have to compete against my teammates for it. Um, but yeah, so the qualification period is about two years leading up to the games where they take all the results from Grand Prix and World Cups and you get put into a big list. And um, when the Olympics comes, they go down the list and they pick um, five from each nation until they run out or like whoever qualifies in order. And uh, yeah, so like I knew from my points within the last two years that I like had qualified Canada a spot and it was just my job to keep myself in shape, stay safe, don't catch COVID, 
stay healthy. Um, and so when I, like, I just try not to think about it too much, like uh, try to keep things cool, casual. And then when the Team Canada post came out and I saw myself on Instagram and in the news, like being named to the team, I was like, oh, okay, now it's happening. Okay. Yeah. So, so you don't actually, like, you don't get a phone call from Tank. You see it on social media at the same time as we all do, confirming <laughs> you there. Well, we got an email, confirm- like, you get, like, a, it's, like, a nomination to the team and you have to accept or decline the nomination kind of the week before. So there's a deadline for ski jumping to qualify yourself. And so it's after the last event or second last event before the Olympics. And so um, you have that date and on that date you get the email that says you've been nominated to the Canadian Olympic team for the Beijing 2022 Olympics do you want to accept or decline and so obviously Sukup and I both accepted it decline (laughs) no I'm busy I'm busy I've got a trip to Mexico booked in February now next time (laughs) I don't know it's an option um and then we had a team meeting uh, I think it was like the next day or the day after, and it was kind of walking us through all of uh, safety regulations, kind of do's and don'ts, and like what it's gonna what's gonna happen on the day of the announcement. So we did already kind of know we had an idea of what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And and how much do you know? Like uh, obviously, you get a couple of weeks advance notice that you're about you're about to go to Beijing or whatever, but, uh, how much do you have to prepare for like, um, isolation or anything like that? Like, was, was there anything that was different, maybe going into these games where, you know, there are travel restrictions or needing to get there ahead of time, testing, anything like that before the games even start? Yeah. Well, we, Abby and I had decided that we were going to, um, basically self-isolate except for training and um, have someone bring our groceries for us and then wear a mask when we're even in the gym. So we were like being extra cautious. And then uh, leading up to the games, we had to test two or three times. So go. Yep. Yeah, so we had to test a few times before we actually even left Slovenia. And Abby and I were doing antigen tests every day just to make sure so that, you know, our alternates could be prepared if there was a negative so that they could go. Is it a case then, so you're with Abby and then Matt, I'm guessing you're sort of working more so with Mackenzie, like are you sort of keeping these completely separate and then when it comes to the mixed event, that's when you come together or is there any moments where you are sort of all training together at at points as well? Well, yeah, they live pretty close to us, so yeah, we we live maybe three minutes apart, but uh, some of our training on the same plane going there, so uh, yeah, it's we were we were like one team pretty much. Yeah, and That's- also uh, Sukup actually met us, so we flew from Switzerland on the charter flight to Beijing, and so Sukup met uh, Abby and our coaches and me in Switzerland, and then so we actually ended up getting stuck in Switzerland for one night, and then the next morning we went to uh, Beijing. That's one of the things that, uh, you know, in the lead up to these games, obviously, ski jumping almost being the forgotten sport in Canada, uh, along with uh, another favorite of Ben's as well, which may incorporate ski jumping. Uh, you know, there's not as much media attention, but I, I found going into these games, partly through the interviews that we had on the show here, uh, and then just seeing on social media, there, there seemed to be so much more of like a team vibe with you guys. 
I would argue more so than actual teams, like a lot of the curling teams that, uh, you know, were, were sent to the Olympics, hockey teams. And yet at the same time, I mean, your four individual competitors that just sort of came together. It, it Was it, you know, any one thing in particular that kind of makes you guys gel as a team? Is it being able to train so close to each other, you know, maybe having some of the same difficulties that a lot of other the amateur athletes from the other sports in uh, Canada represented didn't have? Um, I think part of it, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was, I was just going to say, you know, we're such a, a small group. Um, we're like a little community and we all know each other very well. And we all came from the same place. We all face very similar problems from getting pretty much kicked out of wind sport and then having to move to Slovenia. And, you know, it was kind of special for us to compete as a team as well. Like we don't get very many chances to do mixed team events. Um, so yeah, it was just incredibly exciting just to, just to compete together. And, um, and then of course, when the moment came and we did get that medal, it was such a shared experience because we all knew like what it meant for ski jumping in Canada and like all of the, our little ski jumping community back home in Calgary, they all knew how big it was and how much it meant to everyone. And yeah, it was just a very much shared experience. Yeah, I think even for teammates who are no longer jumping and who had retired because of uh, the lack of support and even the NOCO athletes who had to retire for the same reason, they kind of shared our excitement with us because, you know, we were competing with nations who have everything handled to them on a silver platter and we barely even had a ski jump and then it got closed and Half of us moved halfway around the world and the others had to quit because they couldn't afford it because there was no support. We're all self-funded and our families help us out when we need it, but it's, it's a real struggle for us. And so when we succeeded, it was just like that pure bliss and pure joy because we continued in the sport because of our passion, not necessarily because, you know, we felt like we had to because you know, we're the most talented or we're the best athlete ever. It was because we loved the sport so much. We're willing to give up everything for it. I was also going to say that the bond that you guys had, I mean, just watching you all on social media sort of after the medal, but even in the lead up, I mean, you know, Ali, you and Abby seem incredibly close and kind of just the, the fun post you're doing there. And, and then kind of just through all of you. And the one thing that I think seemed interesting is obviously you've got you know, you three, I guess, are sort of the young debutants on the team, you know, sort of the, the ones. And you've, you've got Mackenzie, who's what, his fourth Olympics. <laughs> so is it kind of like, how does that work in terms of like an, an age gap? Is he kind of just like the father figure to you three? Or are you just sort of all because you're in the unique position, like you're explaining there, Ali, where it's sort of, you know, a, a closely knit sport that it, it age doesn't matter. You're just all four teammates and you're just all there to do the same job. Yeah, that's kind of more like what it is. Uh, Mackenzie's definitely a role model for me, at least, uh, just because he has more experience and I think he's really fun to hang out with. So uh, I think the four of us had a pretty good time hanging out together in Beijing and it was kind of fun when we got to celebrate our achievement together. And it wasn't like, Abby and I are talking about this, we're like, it wasn't like one of us had the best day of our lives and the other one had a terrible time. It was like, it was all of our best days. Like, it was just the best moment for all of us. And, you know, the fact that it wasn't alone just made it sweeter. One of the things during the event, uh, you know, obviously that was talked about was uh, not just the the performances you had, but some of the other disqualifications that come as a surprise. And I think that was one of the 
the the most fascinating things I found in in all the uh, the interviews we had leading up to the games is just how precise everything has to be in ski jumping. So even though it might seem like, you know, uh, oh, well, there's a squalfishing here or there. I mean, that, that happens. I mean, Ali, you, you almost suffered that on the way to the Olympics as well. Uh, well is there- I, twice this season, I disqualified <laughs> my individual event in Beijing. And then uh, the event that ended up cost, like, didn't cost me my spot, but I lost my spot mm-hmm. at one point because of disqualification. And I have to imagine that, uh, you know, again, compared to other sports where you can size up the competition and you, you I mean, uh, for moguls, for example, I'm a big fan of moguls. You can know this person's probably going to perform well. This person's probably going to do this and this, but you never know if somebody's going to wipe out. It seems so much more so in ski jumping, just all those little technicalities. Like, is there any way to really go into an event like this and say, this is the competition. These are the ones who are going to be the, the top ones to beat. I mean, there's always like some superstar or some stronger nations like Slovenia. We had like everyone was pretty sure they're going to podium. Their women's team is quite strong and uh, their men are pretty consistent as well. So everyone had a good idea that Slovenian was the Slovenians were going to end up on the podium. But the rest of the podium was kind of uh, underdogs. So it was two underdogs on the podium, which was pretty special. Before we talk, there's so much to talk about in terms of that event and also the individual ones as well, but always like to find out the Olympic experience, you know, everything from getting a uniform to the village to, you know, bumping into Sean White or, you know, people like whoever, you you know, the whole thing that you're soaking up there. Maybe start with you for this one, Matt. Like, do you take moments like that when you're there to kind of soak those up and, and realize what it is to be an Olympian outside of the whole competition aspect of things? Yeah, it was, so it was my first Olympics, of course. So, um, everything was new to me. Um, and I was honestly just so excited to be there and, uh, experience everything. Um, yeah, like one of the breakfast with, you know, a fellow Canadian athlete, maybe it was uh, a downhill or a downhill skier or, you know, another sport freestyle skier. And then, um, you know, later in the day they win an Olympic medal and you're like, just talking to that guy at breakfast like it's uh it's, it's people saying cool that about experience. you later on that day too they're like oh just having breakfast yeah. that's cute. I just won a medal <laughs> actually speaking about that one of the one of my favorite moments was right after the medal ceremony we took the bus back and we had our medals freshly placed on our necks and uh we went right to the athletes hall and uh and got a couple pizzas so that was and then just walking around, people are like congratulating us and taking photos. And like, that was a good had, time. Like, a pretty well-known ski jumper who came up to us and like, it was like, he was from Switzerland. So it was a smaller nation and he came up to us and was like, can I get a picture with you guys? And we're just like, yeah, happy my, this guy has four gold medals. He's yeah, like, is this Simone Amart? Is this Simone Amart? Yeah. It is. Wow. Wow. Jeez. And he was like, can I get a picture with you guys? And Abby and I are like, Wow. I'm sorry. What? That is we pretty crazy. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to find that photo. I'll send it to you. Maybe it won't take me five months yeah, to send you. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that's <laughs> true. But that, that's, that seems, because I, I mean, I know that name because I remember back in 2002 here in Australia, they were like Harry Potter on skis because, he, you know, everyone was just marketing that way. But then I remember it was Vancouver. He won another two as well. So that that's pretty all right. That You know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
it was it was like a moment that really hit me where I was like holy crap people actually know who we are like I'm sorry like I didn't realize anyone knew who Canada was (laughs) (laughs) I thought we kind of just flew under the radar pun intended (laughs) we we do more than hockey just so you know (laughs) Uh, aside from just, uh, you know, being able to explore the village and stuff like that, meet other athletes, I mean, I, I think one of the unique things about both Tokyo and Beijing, obviously, being the, the lack of the regular crowds that uh, you would get at the Olympics, or even, maybe even that you're used to just on the World Cup circuit, um, did, I, I guess for the first part, did uh, either of you get to watch each other's individual events? Uh, and was there any type of Canadian contingent there so that, uh, you know, you had a bit of a cheering section. I mean, the chef de mission maybe aside. Um, I did go and watch, or Abby and I did go and watch the boys uh, training and we watched the men's competition. So Abby and I were there to support our boys. Um, we, you know, it was, pre- it was pretty exciting. We wanted to cheer them on, especially kind of getting ready for the mixed team event. We we're trying to kind of rally the team spirit and then obviously big hill was after so it was kind of like continuing on where it's like okay you did really well here now we want to watch you succeed here is it a case when you've mm-hmm. got so you you both had uh so the, your individual one uh ali was before the mixed team wasn't it and then so yeah. the one of yours uh matt was so like is it a case of say with you ali like I'm glad my individual one's over and done with now because I can focus on the team, particularly with obviously what happened to you in the individual one, or would have you preferred the the mix be later after? Like, I mean, how does that sort of work for the mentality when you've got like Um, two and for you, obviously Matt, you've got three events that you've got to do. For me, it didn't matter the order of event, but the way things played out, I am happy with because I feel like my performance in the mixed team event was partially because I was a little bit angry and I had a little bit of grit in my teeth because I was upset. Like, I mean, Matt saw me that night and I probably cried for the entire next day. I think like I was crying in the athletes lounge and like Mac and Abby were like sitting on the couch with me talking to me and I was like crying in the dining hall (laughs) like my boyfriend force fed me a KFC chicken sandwich and like wow it was like I was just devastated because like I had worked so hard to get here and I didn't think I'd get there and then it was gone like so like like that it was gone the scale like the numbers came up one by one and that last number showed up and I was done and it was just like crushing. It's it's crazy to think just like how much you need to go to to feed someone a chicken sandwich. Um, that's, uh, <laughs> now like, we know <laughs> that's what it takes to win the medal. <laughs> chicken sandwich, yep. yep. Uh, I actually, for both of you, uh, being able to compete in both individual events and in team events, uh, do you... I guess, strategically jump differently in one versus the other. I, I would guess in the team event, you kind of have to know you need this. Or, and also, I guess, the same lines. Um, do you ever feel like you have to reserve something for another? Like, is, does that have a little bit of added pressure knowing, you know, I, I have to make sure that uh, I've got enough left to do the team event? For um, us? Yeah, I wouldn't say so. It's, it's kind of like, um, as soon as you're up at the top of the ski jump, and you get the flag from the coach, it's just you. It's, um, you know, from that point on, it's individual. And at the end, when all the points are added up, then it's a team um, team effort. But, uh, yeah, none of your 
teammates can can jump for you um, when you're coming down the ramp. So I don't know. I I uh, I don't think at least I don't change my mentality that much um, when I'm on the jump when I'm jumping. But after then, of course, it's it's nice to share the emotions with teammates. So. Yeah. I definitely agree with Sukup because I mean to pull your end of the like team, you gotta focus on what you're doing and you can't be like, oh, like I'm worried about what they think about me and I'm worried about this and this and this. You just need to jump and not be fixating on external things because fixating on something outside of your now is gonna result in not a very good jump because you're not gonna be thinking about what you have to do, you're not gonna be focused and you're not going to be calm. And so you can think about what all your teammates are doing and, you know, all that when you get to the bottom and you get to share those moments with them at the bottom. They're not sitting on the bar with you. They're not putting on your boots, you know. Ironically, I was in Abby skis, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to ask about that because I did read something that like you had, like, what did that come down to? Um, so my skis were two, my original skis were 235s and I was 300 grams too light for my skis. And so, um, my coaches decided that I'd use Abby's spare skis cause hers were shorter than mine. And so Abby lent me her spare skis so that I could compete in the, um, mixed team. So fortunately so a what... good teammate will share skis. And that 300 grams is what got you disqualified in the yeah. individual 300 event, right? grams. Yeah. 300 grams. Now, I mean, I remember now interview talking about sort of the uniqueness about certain things when it comes to that. And I don't think Colin ever let me, uh, you know, live down the fact that I was asking an 18 year old about her crotch, but we won't get back into that. But <laughs> I'm 17 at the time. Well, thanks ben, for making it worse. Go, um, <laughs> If, if you're listening to these authorities, I'll give you my address afterwards. But it's it, what really hammered that home was like I was actually really glad that, you know, I was able to have some education on that and sure our listeners as well because then what happens in the mixed team event, of course, is that comes to the front even more so when what was it Germany, Japan, Austria and Norway are all having disqualifications oh. as, as well, wasn't it? Yeah, well, a part of it was the size of the suit this way for a lot of those girls, not necessarily their crotch, because we have a, I can't remember, I think it's three centimeter leniency. So if it's three centimeters bigger than your actual body, uh, it's legal, but anything more than that, it's illegal. Which it's it's so just fascinating because I remember, you know, through all of that, that I think was it the, the Germans in particular were like, I've been jumping in this suit for so long. Like, how is it different? Like, how... Can you explain that simply about if that is the case? If you're jumping in a suit, maybe it was the same for you that you were it jumping just didn't in the get same. Checked. It just so it's, mm. is that, it's just that simple. It didn't get checked. It just didn't get checked. And, you know, there's different types of tests they can do, and they don't do all of them at once. They will only do one at a time. And so if your suit is only legal, illegal in one part of this test or one part of the series of tests for your equipment, then you're not going to get disqualified. Wow. So do you did so on the basis of where you get disqualified for that 300 grams, do you know your 300 grams lighter or because you've not well, been checked, you don't know? Well, I actually checked right before my jump, but my scale was damaged in my suitcase traveling to Beijing. So it was reading that I was a kilo heavier than I actually was. So I was like, I'm so over, like, I don't need to worry, like, I'm okay. 
And then I got to the bottom and it was like, I saw the number was one kilo less than what I just measured at the top. And I was like, oh my God. And it was like, I watched the next number pop up and the next one I was like, oh my God. Wow. So, so basically we can blame the scales of the airport for getting you no, disqualified. No, it, it was really my fault. <laughs> I should have probably checked to make sure my scale was calibrated, but I mean, there's no one really, that's kind of a dumb, you know, mistake there. Just borrow Abby's scale next time. We know that's what leads. Yeah. To <laughs> well, I was responsible for bringing the scale. So that was where the problem well, actually, I think I remember doing the mixed team because I had my own scale and I was like, Allie, I got one. <laughs> I, like, I came in and I like had my ski jumping suit on. It was like, Suga, do you have a scale? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Matt, I have to ask you, because uh, yeah. for me, anytime we have a ski jumper on here, this is now the playing bingo. Uh, do you have any stories about like crazy disqualifications based on, you know, some very, very minute rule that uh, you inadvertently have broken? Ooh. Um, hmm. I can't think of like something really dumb that I've been disqualified for. Um but I do remember earlier in my career, I was disqualified more often than not at the top of the hill for, um, you know, at the top, they, uh, they met before I really knew what I was doing. I was, I was getting disqualified because, uh, I was just holding the suit the wrong way and at disadvantages way, but, uh, not anything particularly weird that I've been disqualified for, but I have been nothing. disqualified for weight too. I was going to say yeah, nothing crotch one. related for you, Matt, yeah. like the, you know, this. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you, if you do anything for long enough, they'll, they'll find something they don't like. And, um, and then that's the end of it. It It's so, it's always just a fascinating, like Colin saying, like it's always fascinating to chat to ski jumpers about this and learning everything about it because that that was the, the real talking point, I think, wasn't it? Uh, particularly like we were on air, like calling that event sort of. We'll talk about that in a moment. But then like sort of when we're seeing these names getting disqualified and everything along those lines, it was just, that became the talking point when it, it's the big nations, Germany, Japan, like Norway, mm-hmm. like sort of the, the, the leading contenders, which when you're, in the midst of that competition and you're seeing this happening, is there a level of, yes, we're going to be finishing higher or is it you've got to be so focused on what you're doing, you can't get yourself sort of caught up in that moment when you've got your big competitors falling out that you're going to have a chance of finishing higher? I'm going to be honest. There was a moment that Abby had to kind of bring me back in. I don't don't remember if Sukup was in the change room at this point anymore. I know it was Abby and I, and Abby was sitting across from me and she was like, I was like, I'm like watching Canada. It's like, we're going up, we're going up. And it's like, oh my God, Abby, Abby, Abby. I'm like, we're like just off the podium. And she's like, okay, like you need to calm down. Like, it's okay. Like we got one more jump to do before you can get like crazy excited. Like, you know, we all got to do our job one more time. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. And then Abby and I were lying on the floor. There's a video on team Canada on team Canada's Instagram page. And I took this video of Abby and Abby's like meditating like on the floor and she's falling asleep. Cause she's just trying to, you know, I think she's trying to keep herself distracted and focused or she was just laying under the heater, enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the job was not done wow. yet so we we couldn't go you know crazy we still had to you know after, after max, 
after Max first jumped though, um, we like Abby and I were like, we heard it over the speaker. We're like jumping up and down and we're on the second floor of these like temporary change rooms. And so the floor is like bouncing and Abby and I are bouncing and Sukup like opens the door and he's like, guys, (laughs) and then we're all like jumping up and down. We were so excited. Like we were just happy that like Mackenzie had had a good jump and we were like, oh my God, like he had such a big jump, like blah, blah, blah. Like, oh my God, like super, super happy. And it was just like, I don't know. It's, I wish I could always be that happy because it's just like you're where you've dreamt to be since you're a little kid and you're with your friends and it's going well. Like, I, I don't know. It just doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, like I'll just be like existing normally, you know, life back home. And then I'll just like, remember that that happened and I'll just start smiling. It's like, it's really crazy. You know, with uh, with the three of you, uh, you know, you two and then Abby, you know, kind of being uh, Olympic rookies here, uh, was there something different that Mackenzie brought during that competition? You know, a, a calming force or uh, I would I would love to imagine that he, you know, in his fourth Olympics is probably just as excited as you guys are. But I mean, maybe there is something different with him being kind of the, the senior man on the team, the more experienced one. Yeah, Mac was definitely like a team role model and team leader for us uh, going into this event, especially. And I think he was kind of like a leveling force to, you know, keep us in line. Yeah, and he he was completely dialed in. Um, you know, he really well with the hill and uh I mean, all props to him during the mixed team event. He, of course, was the very last of us to go. And he started third last. And when you're at the top, you know that when you start third last, then that means you're in third. And, um, yeah, just his ability to make his best jump during that round at that time and just be like like a machine almost. It's... uh, yeah, I'm, it's really crazy, and I'm just like really proud of him for that. Because you, know, you put anybody oh, yeah. in that position at the top, it's just like it's it's not hard to to overthink things. Uh, I remember when we were waiting for Mackenzie to jump. So we went from jumping first to being third last to jump, and so there was this huge gap between Mac and Abby, and we had to occupy this gap, and it was like super heightened emotions, super anxious, excited. Like you don't know Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. You feel like it's at the top, like your hands are on the podium, but it's like, Oh my God, are we going to finish there? And so we were playing like, you know, those like children games, like Stella Ola, like those sort of things. So we were trying to play these games to distract us. And like, none of us could remember any of the rules. We're like shaking each other's hands like this and shaking each other like this. And we're like, oh my God, like, okay, 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 Max has to jump. And I remember at one point, like, the three of us are standing in a circle and, like, we're kind of, like, in a huddle. And I was like, okay, no matter what, guys, we're going to be proud of Mac. And then Sukup was like, yeah, we're going to tackle him and dogpile him no matter what happens. Like, he could literally go 40 meters and we're going to, like, give him the biggest hug ever. Like, no matter what, we just set a Canadian record. So, does it really matter what else we do? So, Which, with all of that in mind to then know what happens. I mean, we were on air. You you know this. Uh, you, you, we'll talk about this. You, you listen to the I mean, I episode. listened to this. It was pretty funny. But Because, like, 
sort of it was one of these moments I know that, you know, we would go into generally we were recording sort of at a certain time and we would go, okay, these events are on, particularly if they're former guests. So we knew that was on and I was sort of keeping an eye on the background and I'm sort of just really watching a timing screen and I'm going like, oh, okay, they're doing all right. They're doing well. well fourth, oh shit. Okay, this is going better than we thought. For us as, you know, podcasters, we're excited. But for you guys, you're at the freaking Olympics and about to win a medal. Like what – it was something like that you dare to dream. You dare to dream that you can go to an Olympics and come away with a medal. Of course you do. You're, you're a professional athlete. That's what you want to do. But when it comes down to it and you've seen that number next to your name and then it's over and you realize you have just come away with a medal, like, like, can you each give us some sense of like any words of that moment you confirmed as a medalist? Well, actually, you know, if there's like some clips of us cheering at the bottom um, that doesn't have any commentary on it. And they actually have to bleep out so much. <laughs> like so Colin Canadians can't swear. Come on. We're, we're, like, oh, yeah, we're sitting like, there at the bottom. We're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, oh my God. <laughs> like, we are and losing it. Like, losing it. Like, like the CBC one is so funny because it's just like, right. you can hear, oh my God, bleep. Oh my God. Bleep, what just happened? Bleep, guys, look what just happened. Bleep, and it's like Abby and I jumping up and down, and you can, like, we're all getting bleep, like, bleep, bleep. bleep, bleep. Yeah, I think at that point, we completely forgot there were cameras there. We were just yeah, like, I, yeah, I didn't, it didn't cross my mind that I was swearing on live national or not just national, international television. Uh, until someone sent me the CBC clip of the four of us jumping up and down with all the bleeps. Someone sent this to me, and someone was like, Was it your mom? Was it your mom sending it to you? <laughs> no, it wasn't my mom. It was one of my best friends. She's like, uh, you haven't changed at all. <laughs> so. so those words basically you're saying describe how you were feeling in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, we can like, it kind of felt like it was just the four of us. Like it didn't feel like there were any cameras around. It felt like it was us alone in the world. And we've done something that we were told was, probably never going to happen in our careers and that most people were very doubtful, especially in a team event, because not only does one person have to have two good jumps, four people have to have two good jumps. So, I mean, we definitely seized an opportunity that was there, but it was like something that we all said as little kids, I want to be Canada's first Olympic medalist for ski jumping. And people are kind of like, yeah, right. Whatever. You're a little kid and move on with it. Like, it's something that we all have been saying since we were little and, you know, when we kind of did it together and it's like people you've struggled with and you've grown with and you've lived halfway around the world and they've kind of been your only friends and support. Uh, it's pretty magical. You know, it was interesting for me when I was watching that, because again, we were recording and I would try to not have events I wanted to see spoiled until afterwards. And in a way, I still wish that I could have seen that event start to finish, you know, because that's half the suspense. So kind of dropping in at the end where it's like, we just meddled. I almost didn't even, I couldn't even comprehend how suspenseful, what a big build this was in all of your reactions. And really it sort of came just in seeing, um, uh, not only being able to see the event afterwards, but the media attention afterwards. I remember one of the things that, uh, that caught me the most off guard was how quickly Ali, you and Mackenzie were interviewed the, I guess, virtual in studio for CBC. Cause typically that's like 24 hours later. And it was like same morning of you guys were there official interviews. Mac and I weren't even allowed to go get our stuff. We I did that interview in a ski jumping suit. <laughs> Mac and I were taken. Was it legal? From the, 
<laughs> was it was the suit legal? Were you disqualified from the interview? Okay, good. Legal. All right. I got checked. Good. Um so like we were literally taken from the stadium. We got into a taxi with our media attache and we were sent to the CBC building. And Mac and I were like, I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? I'm like sitting in the backseat of this cab with Mackenzie. And I'm like, we ended up having this conversation. I was like, you know, the first Olympics I remember watching, I watched you ski jump in and, you know, I wanted to be an Olympic athlete after watching, you know, ski jumping and moguls. And he was like, it was just like such a like wholesome moment because it was like someone who inspired me to want to become an Olympian is someone who I just won an Olympic medal with. And I think having watched the rest of those Olympics, I don't think anybody else, any other medalist was interviewed as quickly as you were. And I think that kind of just puts into context what a huge deal this was for Canada. I mean, North America, as Ben said as well. I mean, how did, I guess, both of you find not just that one quick CBC interview, but everything afterwards? Like, has there been a ton of attention on this? Was it a big story, you know, not just for Canada, but anywhere else you've been? Uh, It was definitely one of the, biggest stories in my opinion from for Canadians at the Olympics I mean um it's it wasn't as hard as I thought to do all the interviews because everything that they asked it was always kind of easy questions you always like of course you want to talk about it journalists it's, suck it's uh, fine they're, they're terrible yeah. at their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh but yeah no I remember like um doing an interview with Abby the next morning um I think it was at like 9 a.m. And I did not sleep at all that night after the event. Like maybe one hour max. We were just like completely like brain is just going every which way this way. And just like, it was crazy. I have a video from when Abby and I got to see each other. So she got taken away for a drug test and I got taken away to do interviews and I got a video because Abby and I hadn't got to see each other. We hadn't gotten to talk. And so it was the first time Abby and I really got to see each other since we won the medal. And it's like, it's a video on my phone. It's super short and it's really shaky. And it's just her and I screaming, like shake. We have our bibs on and we have our big dwindwins. I actually have mine right here. Oh, and oh, oh, holding oh. Them like, one hand and we're like shaking and I'm shaking the phone like this and it's like nice. no no yeah. no keep being big no Bing Dwendwin can stay. That's all right. <laughs> like don't don't get rid of Bing Dwendwin. That's just offensive. Come on. I've been asked is- so many times to like people are like, can I have your Bing Dwendwin? <laughs> Well, we were going to ask, but now it's we're going to ask about the medal. Seriously, we're going to ask the Bing Dwen. That's you know who cares about the medal when you've got that? Like, come on, where's yours, Matt? Come on, where's Bing Dwen Dwen? It's frozen now. Yeah, I, uh, he's, so, he's I, overwhelmed. No, she likes it. So, along with um, the medal ceremony flowers, mm-hmm. um, those are actually pretty cool because they're yeah. made out of uh, crochet. I think they're like yeah, fabric. They're really really cool so they last forever so she has both of those the the thing that's amazing too in just you know because it was great being on air to be able to do that and i think 
Colin, Colin went off at me, but I'm, I'm still owning the fact that I was selfish that day when it came to the Daily Dale and then uh, when it came to the end of the Olympics when I was basically saying your favourite moments. And I, I, I did get a bit selfish because I don't think we really talked about it. Ali, you listened to the show enough. And Matt, obviously, you know, you don't listen because, you know, Ali's the only one who listens. But, like, we had a bit of a, a curse on this show, I, almost, I felt, particularly with my interviews that yeah. I had never no, no, had. Not particularly. I mean, I a hundred percent with Ben. You know what it is, Ben? I think I figured it out. Okay. There was two of us, so it cancels out. Hey, ah. there you go. That that works. I like that. There it is. So, like, I I got very emotional in that moment because I'm like, oh my god, this is like, you know, not just because I was happy, but it was also a case of like, oh my god, like this was this was a thing. And the actually the the thing that was also really unique too is that I remember when I first interviewed you, Ali, and looking sort of up information and kind of researching there wasn't a lot of you online. And then even before the Olympics, still, you hadn't really done many interviews. It still was our interview. Even literally today when I Google to, you know, get some extra prep, the interview that we did with you is still pretty much one of the main things that comes up. So it's kind of interesting that you go from having that level of, you know, there's a few people interested and then nothing to come on into CBC like immediately afterwards in your legal suit and then you've got all this attention, which I've seen afterwards, which both of you have obviously done a lot of media since. So, like, I mean, that must be something that is unique to you. And you look like you're both relishing it, though. Yeah, like, I definitely was a little inexperienced with media, but I am a pretty good public speaker. Like, before I was, like, when I was still living at home, I was kind of in grade 9 and 10. Um, I would do interviews or I would do public speaking events for children or like interviews with classes. And so I kind of had some practice with public speaking with an audience that really didn't care or pay much attention to me. So it was good practice to kind of build up those skills to answer questions and respond. And so I was given that skill set beforehand, fortunately, but still I was a little, I was a little unprepared for what was going to hit me. I think one of my, uh, I don't know, I kind of find it embarrassing, but there's an interview where I'm literally covered, like you can see the streaks of tears and I'm like wearing a mask. And so my mask is wet from crying and it's all muffled. And I'm like, well, I don't even remember what I was saying. I don't remember doing that interview, but it's apparently on CBC somewhere. With all the but, swearing. <laughs> no, that one has no swearing, but I was just crying uh, a lot. Okay. There were a lot of tears. I actually remember watching this really strange moment. So we have the women's head coach is really tall and he comes up to Sukup and like grabs his face and like, I don't know if he kissed her forehead or just headbutted you. I don't know what happened. I was kind of watching from a strange angle, but he like headbutted you. Wow. Talking about Yonko? Yeah. Where he just like, yeah, yeah. brings you in. I think he kissed your forehead. I'm yeah, I think so too. It was just I- a very nice embrace. Like immediately yeah. after, like, it was just like he just like grabs and is just like hugging him like a child. It was just <laughs> well, they also gave us like these papers, and it was like instructions for what to do. None of us had been on like a World Cup or a World Stage podium. Like I mean, Abby and I are both pretty new, and like you know, Sukup as well. And Mac was really the only one who had any idea what was going to happen, and so we were like trying to read this piece of paper that's written in like Google translated English. And it's like, none of us can read in the papers. We're like shaking, trying to read the paper. And I just like, look at Abby and Abby looks at me. She's like, dude, I can't read. Yeah. I remember that too. We were down there. I remember like all of all three of us were like staring at this piece of paper for like 30 seconds. And then we'd look at each other and be like, 
I didn't read any of that. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> then everyone just started walking and we had to go first because we were third. And so we're like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and if you watch us get onto the podium, we actually did it twice because we messed up the first time. <laughs> and so we're I like, was, I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of a moment that it was like, you know what? We could do it again. We are in this. So we kind of stepped off and then did it again. <laughs> It was all that was you getting a Bing Dwen Dwen. It wasn't the medal. It was like, yeah, we're getting the Bing that's sold out everywhere. Give me my Bing Dwen Dwen. Yeah, but we we all know like the photos of like ski jumpers getting onto the podium. Um, I mean, like yeah. with individual sports, they just hop on and they jump, and then the photographers they take a picture, and you you look like you're just hovering there in the air. And when there's four of you, um, sometimes the timing. <laughs> it can be hard. There's some and really so, awkward photos where we're all like, <laughs> yeah, like some of us are like way up in the air, and some of us are still on the ground. <laughs> so that can be reincorporated. That's incorporated into your training now for the next Olympics. It's like okay, stepping onto the podium, really an practice hour of podium practice. practice. <laughs> it's yeah. like how the, the NFL players practice their touchdown like dances more than they practice their throws. <laughs> like you can be practicing your podium yeah. now, now that you're just winning medals. You're like, oh well. Part of the jumping, we've got that down, Pat. Let's <laughs> let's do the celebrations. Yeah, like I'm happy we routine getting on the podium. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and then when we were getting our actual medal, we're like, are we supposed to jump? Like, what do we do? And we're like, we can't watch anyone else. We're going first. We have to. We're like, okay, we're not gonna jump. We're just gonna get on. And then we're like, okay, okay. And then no one else jumped in, so we're like, okay, at least we did that one right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With the paper, yeah. was this part of the instructions? <laughs> well. For the medal ceremony, they sat us in this like little room with benches in order of how you get on the podium, and they it's this long instructional video, and I'm like zoned out completely, like like I have no idea what's happening. And I jumped first for Canada, so I was the first person to get on the podium for the first team. <laughs> there you go, you hold that record. You were just secretly there listening to off the podium. You and Abby were just going like, okay, this is that part where yeah. Colin and Ben were getting excited last night. Hey Matt, you should listen to this as well. This is a great show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure i uh i think i heard about you guys in the past was always way too busy or like doing something and then ali just sent me a text last night and was like hey if this is happening hop on himself not trying to brag since not not trying to brag but since we last spoke we did win an award ourselves so just saying you know, like, I, you know, I voted for you guys i hope you know hey, yes. well, that's why we won <laughs> there it is we had olympic medalist gives us bonus points so that's kind of uh how it goes there do, I, I mean when you get that medal around your neck and everything um do you try and get free shit with it like i always ask this question to <laughs> olympic medalists but like i mean uh, i know I it's mean, bronze I but i mean it. it's a historic bronze Abby and I got uh, free upgrades on our flight home. We got bumped to first class. A very nice letter from like the cabin crew from Air Canada. So that was very nice. Wait, I got that too. Actually, I have my. Oh, you did. Okay, right here. I was worried for something this would end that like Mac and Mackenzie had to be bumped back. (laughs) Wow, there you go. Nice. Yeah, like it was, it was like they were, I mean, they're an Olympic partner. So Mm -hmm. I think for them, it was really exciting to see, you know, athletes they kind of support. Yeah. You know, all the way back, uh, it was probably two or three years ago now, uh, we interviewed, um, it was Nathaniel Ma, the last uh, Canadian Nordic combined athlete. 
And I remember talking to him, uh, you know, not even realizing like how difficult both ski jumping and Nordic combined is here in Canada and asking him like, you know, what's it going to take for Canada to really get this type of support in the future? And I mean, the two things he said is like, there needs to be some type of funding and we need success. I mean, until you have success, until you can get somebody on the podium, you're not going to get renewed interest. You're not going to get, uh, you know, the type of funding that you need. Now we have two people here who are part of Nathaniel Ma's solution <laughs> for ski yeah. jumping in Canada. Uh, so, do you do you think that there is? I mean, has there been anything even just since Beijing where there's there's hope for uh, the program going forward to have more support? Or are you seeing anything yet? Well, uh, I don't know what we can say about funding at this moment, but I do know that there's a lot of little clubs opening hills up because of what we did in Beijing. They're opening right. a hill in um, Quebec. They're going to try and reopen Thunder Bay. They're going to build a hill in Squamish and kind of build up that Whistler Club. So we're going to have a few little hills kind of built up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the start. I think that's, it was the big, big start to, uh, to really the change in direction for ski jumping in Canada. Cause for a long time, it was always kind of like, you know, the hills closed and then, a lot of kids quit and then it was going down and down. And then with the metal, I think it's the start of going mm -hmm. the other way. It's going to go back up. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm still the youngest international athlete we have right now, but there's fortunately some kids who are, I think 14 and 13. So they're kind of coming up on that fist cup age where they can kind of start entering the international fields. So I'm optimistic that I won't be the last <laughs> international ski jumper for Canada, but well, that was kind of what I was going to ask because, uh, you know, obviously uh, you both uh, were around when that changed, when the, the, the hills were closed and you had to, you had to make the move to Slovenia. So you're the first generation of Canadians who really had nothing in Canada for them. And could you imagine without this win, I mean, could we have gone two, three Olympics without any new athletes coming in? I mean, this success could potentially mean, like you're saying, there's people jumping now that without this, it, there would have been nothing there maybe by the time we yeah. got to the next Olympics. It, it's kind of closing that gap. Uh, those younger, I think she, the girl that's close to with me, she's 14 or turning 14. And so, I mean, for your gap, that's kind of where my gap is between me and my teammates, but um, all the girls my age quit when the hill closed, regardless, um, you know, that kind of, if you're thinking about it where I was at that age, it's kind of similar and it's, you know, aiming for the next kind of two Olympics. I wasn't actually aiming for, initially aiming for 2022. I kind of got fast-tracked, but, you know, it's it's a younger generation that we can see competing before we retire, which is, I think, important because you have to have those older athletes to learn from and to kind of be like, okay, I want to do what they did. Because if you don't actually know them personally or you don't spend any time with them, it's a lot harder to want to chase them and beat their goals that they've set. And I can also imagine too that, I mean, at least at the time of recording this, uh, I know the IOC, I think, are, are visiting Vancouver this week, I think it is, at least at the time of recording this, with the potential for 2030 to be there. So it's it's kind of in this unique period where should Vancouver get the Olympics in 2030, you've just come off the cusp of this historic medal, there's going to be, you know, they're going to need a ski jumping facility back in, you know, Vancouver to be operational. So it's kind of, you're almost in this weirdly good period for the sport. I can imagine where it's like metal, new facilities, better facilities, boom, ski jumping can really, no pun intended, take off. 
Yeah, I actually got to jump in Canada for the first time since I was 14. Um, I'm 18 now, a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, I think. Happy and birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I turned 18 a while ago now, but, um, you know, so it was really special for me. It's been quite a while uh, since I got to jump at home. I mean, it technically wasn't my home hill, but it's the closest thing any of us have to a home hill nowadays. And so, you know, me and Natalie, uh, one of the other national team members, we got to jump it and we were kind of just like, we didn't even care how we were jumping. We we're like, we're jumping at home. <laughs> like we are jumping at home. And so actually world junior championships uh, is going to be held in Whistler next year. Um, so I'm quite looking forward to that. I'm hoping I can win on my home hill, home hill. Well, you, you got a bronze. Can we just congratulate you just on, yeah. on that as well? Because obviously and after the Olympics, another bronze, you got a world champ, junior championship bronze as well. So kind of good the form there. Age. Yeah. It's the bronze it's, age, yeah. But. It's bronze. So which I've got to ask then for, for your Olympic and also you can add that to there, Ali, for, for your world junior championships. What what do you do with your medals? I mean, you got your being Dwen Dwen straight away. Is your medal just there ready to pull oh. out or...? It is. Oh, she's <laughs> there. This is a first, isn't it, Ben? I, I uh, knew you guys were gonna. I knew you guys you were gonna use ask there? for it, so I got mine here. I know. Uh -oh. Actually, I love what Abby does when she's working on sport or she's creating a workout plan. She'll have the metal box open next to her laptop, and sometimes <laughs> I get the Snapchats where she's like, "Ah, oh, this is like." Chilling with the metal. Oh, there it is. Wow. Look at that. Wow. Yeah, I got mine here too. Oh. oh. But Oh, this, what? Well, yours is, is blue. Why is yours blue and yes. Ali's white? Oh, because we have two boxes. Oh, yeah, you I get still two got the boxes. Box. Oh, look at the, the elaborate nature of all this. Hold them both up at the same time here. I feel we need to have both yes. being held up. Whoa. Oh, Whoa. don't break it now. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's gone. There's no warranty. <laughs> look yeah, at that. You get like yeah. this little pin. So I'm actually going to wear this pin to my graduation, but it's pins that you only get with wow. an Olympic medal. And so it, I don't know how to take the pin out. I haven't quite. For our audio that. listeners, please go to YouTube right now and yeah, watch this because you have no out. idea what is happening. Um, but this is amazing. Oh, yeah, we're just showing off our medals. Get Bing Dwen Dwen out too, Ali. Come on, Bing Dwen Dwen needs to join in. Bing Dwen Dwen and the medal. Look at this. Oh, now, now, peak off the podium long? right now, Colin. <laughs> how long after? We're just on it. You are. That's there right. It yeah. is. Exactly. <laughs> we we would hold up our award, but we actually didn't get anything. So you know, cool. Yeah, ours uh, is virtual. <laughs> <laughs> we got a billboard in London. Come on. <laughs> that's 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 pretty heavy. But uh, how long after the medal ceremony did you guys wait to take the medals off? <laughs> uh, like probably like Abby and I slept in them. Like <laughs> we didn't want to let go of them because it's something that you know you fought your whole life for, and it's like. I, I have it. I have physical confirmation of this. Like there's a video of uh, Sukup and I in the cafeteria and I like pull my medal from my jacket because the jacket Sukup has on right now is our metal jacket. And so it has yeah, a special metal program. holder in it. And so I have a video of me pulling it out and then I like show Sukup the medal and then he's like, well, look, I have one too. And we uh, cheers our medals. <laughs> I think you should just wear them for the rest of the... Rest of the interview, I think you should both wear them right now. Oh, I don't have mine here. It's at the other house. What, your, your medal? I mean, your medal. Oh, my medal. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, if you lost that quickly, well, that was a record. 
Well, well, since you guys both came wearing the the, the apparel today, we have to ask about Lululemon because um, <laughs> sadly this. This is the first Olympics that I have not been able to buy any of the merchandise simply because I couldn't spend $80. $80 on socks was outside of my budget. But um, you guys get the free clothes. I mean, can you give us a review of it? So I was say, can you give I us some clothes, Colin? Jesus. <laughs> like, like everything is such high quality. and um, Yeah, they really went all out. It was like uh, one of my favorite things. The boys actually didn't get these, but... We had puffer pants, so they were like a down jacket, but they were made out of like this stretchy material, and they were the warmest pants I have ever gotten. Mm-hmm. I actually trade with them. a girl for those. I have them. Ah. So you do have them. <laughs> yeah, I have them, I think, in my closet right over here. But <laughs> Was that like they you just took her out for a drink or something, Matt? Or, you know? Yeah, just... <laughs> yeah I wow. got them extra large, too, so they actually fit. It's like... <laughs> Like they're kind of like a unisex, like they're like a straight leg. They're not like a womanly shape, but oh my God, I, Abby and I were just in heaven. We were having the best time with our team kits. Cause like every morning we were like, okay, let's do our try. Like we started this on the first day and we're like, okay, time for like our outfit check. And so every time we left our room, we left in different outfits. And every time we would like put on music and do like a little fashion show for our Instagrams. And like, we just were having such a good time with the kit. The first night we got there, though, it was like midnight. We'd been traveling for 48 hours. We were exhausted. And Abby and I opened the door to our room and it's like, oh, there's two lemon suitcases in here. And so we like <laughs> go and tear everything open. Our room was a mess, but it was pretty, it was pretty great. So yeah, I, was like, was I love watching that with the suitcases, the, just how you I have a lot there. of like video content that I like had so much content. I couldn't even use it all. Um, so I had so much content and I like had to pick and choose like my favorite parts. Like I did like a video, like I have videos of Abby and I trying on every single item of the Lululemon kit. And it's like an hour worth of, uh, videos of Abby and I like coming on screen and then coming off screen and coming on screen and something else and then coming off screen. And it was so like, did you and McKenzie do the same thing, Matt? I was going to ask. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So we did, we didn't video, but you didn't I have to, like you a would, bunch of pictures yeah. of like when we first got there, the bags in the hotel room and all like the goodies, the merchandise, everything. And then that was like, it was pretty crazy because we got there at like one in the morning Yeah, it was late. and we just, we didn't care that it was that late. We wanted to open up all the stuff we needed to see. That, that was Abby too. And um, I think that's such like, I don't know. I think that's, Every athlete's like one of their favorite parts of the Olympics is the clothes, getting there, getting all this swag. And it's like, yeah. And when you get a bit of extra jewelry at the end of it, it just adds to the overall. <laughs> yeah, no, they they were so kind to include this necklace. I know. Look at that. <laughs> just, it, it, it's, it teams with the theme so well. Like it just, it just yeah. suits it really, really well. We're going to ask... Um, Matt, some questions in a moment and sort of get to know. We, we obviously asked you there, Mally. You can chime in. You can update your answers. Okay. But one thing I just want to – well, a couple of things to touch on. Um, just quickly on the individual side of things, obviously we talked about, Ali, sort of what happened with you. Matt, for yourself, um, 45th in the normal hill, 49th in the large hill. Were you satisfied? Like did you set yourself a goal to make it through to the, the – so obviously the final round and, and kind of, you know, weren't – happy or you were happy like well sort of what were your uh, thoughts on your individual performances outside of the team event um 
Yeah, they weren't, you know, the best results. Um, I wasn't exactly satisfied. I just made kind of simple mistakes. And uh, actually during the first event, Normal Hill, I was struggling um, to find the rhythm of the hill. And I actually didn't figure it out until trial round of the mixed team. And so my timing on that was like pretty good. I mean, but uh, because that would, the mixed team was the one that I cared about the most. Um, Of course, individual is important for myself just to compete and be there. But uh, I knew, I knew going into the event, like for my standards, I think top 30 would have been like, I would have been really happy with that result. Um, But that's just the level that I was at. Um, during the Olympics. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not, not, ups, not crazy upset, but uh, I knew I could have done better during those, those individual events. And for both of you now, I know it's a question any Olympian hates being asked so quickly after an Olympics, but uh, do you look towards Milan now? Is that sort of switch gear focus or are you both sort of still kind of uh, relishing in what happened in Beijing and that's a decision that you will sort of make at some point? Um, I'm definitely not, I'm like excited and I'm happy, but I don't want to fix it on the past because it's hard to move forward when you're obsessing about one moment. And I, it's something that brings me joy and it's something I can use to motivate myself, but it's not something I want to obsess over. So I'm not necessarily thinking about Milan, but I'm kind of thinking about world championships and world junior championships for the next kind of year, two years. So those are kind of my main focuses right now. Matt, yourself? Yeah, and for myself, it's uh, like I I agree with Ali. It's I know it's not good to fixate on one moment, but it's really hard not to like think about twenty twenty six after. Yeah, our experience like, and like it's really hard when you're there. You're like, of course, I can go another four years. Of course, this is so worth it. And then, yeah, four years is a long time. Yeah. I mean, definitely for us, we're some of the younger athletes competing. So it is realistic for us to say, yeah, like I'm going to stick around for at least another four years. Um, But still, you know, it's, you never know what's going to happen with injuries. You never know what's going to happen, you know, in life. So you can't be like, I'm a hundred percent going like, or at least I'm going to hundred percent be around still. You kind of have to be realistic and you can be optimistic, but you know, you have to give yourself a reality check once in a while. Mm-hmm. I'm actually just curious uh, for, for both of you, you know, the prospect of Vancouver 2030. Um, not whether no, or not that would change your answer, but, uh, you know, just thoughts on if that being a possibility. I mean, the, the chance to compete on home soil in the Olympics. I, I would likely try and stick around for that for sure. Uh, even if Vancouver isn't in that Olympics, but especially it being an indigenous run Olympics. So the, heading of that committee is Indigenous, so that would be an extra bonus for me. I think that that's super vital, and I think it's really important to have Indigenous people have a say in the Olympics, especially as a group who are a minority in the Olympics. It would be a history-breaking, obviously, (laughs) Olympics if that happens, because it would be the very first uh, Indigenous-organized Olympic Games uh, in history, which it's the, the, the unique thing, too, about 2030 is that you know unlike past cycles where you would know that we would be getting a decision next year 
we don't know. We could wake up by the time we've recorded this and released it. You know, we we might already know. Like, it just you don't know. The IRC is going to wake up tomorrow. Yeah, bugger it. We actually know they're going to Winnipeg. Screw everyone else. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, please make it Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it was Winnipeg, it'd still be in Canada. It's still a win. That's literally could, the excuse, I, the answer for that. Uh, yeah, Winnipeg's still in I, Canada, sure. <laughs> I could walk to watch you guys win your next medal. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the only way to get around in Winnipeg. True story. I'm also just calling it um, before we get to the questions. Um, I, I I just want to say this right now. I'm going to put this on the record that I, I think both of you are going to lose your bronze medals. I don't think you're going to get them. I actually think you're going to have silver medals because I think it's only a matter of time before <laughs> Rock get disqualified because we know what usually happens with them. So I'm just saying keep an eye out on this space. You will be silver medalists probably by the next time we get you both on the show. And Andre DeGrasse is already upgraded. It's only been six months. You never know. I, I don't know if we will uh, get an upgrade because the, you know. Uh, you don't have to comment. It's fine. That's that, that's on me. That's like, you know. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, also, like, it would be, I don't know. I think bronze is the happiest medal. So I'm okay with the happiest medal. <laughs> the happiest medal. I've never heard it quite described that way before. I like that. I mean, uh, my teammates all agree. And people who've won gold, bronze, and silver, all who've won all of them say bronze is the happiest because you're excited mm-hmm. just to be there. And, you know, we were excited just to compete. We were excited to make second round. And the fact that we came home with some medals is mm-hmm. kind of. You know, I, I, I just it. secretly think you're a summer athlete because if you were a summer athlete from Canada talking about your bronze medal, that's, that we know that's Canadian gold in the Summer Olympics, but not anymore now that the Summer Olympics yeah. are <laughs> equally doing as well. Ten years ago, that joke was funny. Now it's just offensive. <laughs> um, so <laughs> got to be it's careful. 2016 joke We got a lot of bronze medals um, in this Winter Olympics, like mm-hmm. a lot. It was a strange. It was a record breaking. It was a congratulations. Yeah. You were part of the history making Canadian team that won the most ever bronze medals at a Winter Olympics. So well done to both of you. Good Let's job. Go. The record that doesn't get talked about. Sure, you broke through for Canada's first ever ski jumping medal. Whatever. As long as you were a part of that history making bronze medal team from Beijing. That's that's well, all that matters. Like- I think that was one of the weirdest things for me was at the Olympics when. Uh, yeah. You know, you woke up the next morning and I was like, oh my God, we contributed to the medal count. What? And then, <laughs> yeah. and then came up to me at breakfast and he was like, oh my, like you realize our medal counts towards like our overall like medal count. And I'm like, oh my God. And we're like eating breakfast. And like the, like, I think, I don't know if Mac was, but me and Abdullah are like, oh my God, like we like actually mattered. Like we put it in, like not that we didn't matter before, but we're like, yeah, before that you didn't matter. It was only when you got a medal. <laughs> it was like, I don't know. It was just like, it didn't really like, I mean, I knew and I felt like I was part of the team, but it felt like I, it was a different feeling of being part of the team. It was, I don't know. How would you explain that? Cause it's a difficult emotion to explain. I, yeah, I mean, it was like, um, I don't know, it's it's so hard to take everything in when it happens. Um, and, you know, of course, we're like thinking about us four just like going through this experience. But then we have to look at the big picture, too, like how much this means for everyone that's ever been involved. And then, yeah, the Olympic medal count, um, you know, representing all of Canada. It's uh, it it really hits you and it still takes a while to set in. Um, yeah, it was like, 
the most amount of emotions I think I'll ever go through, at least for a while. So. And I also think that if I ever win another Olympic medal, it's not going to be the same because like there are so many components that made this one so, so magical. I mean, like my first, my country's first, my friend's first, and the fact that we did it like all together and it was like mm-hmm. so unexpected. It was like all of these things that just added to make it like a little bit more special yeah, the next Which one is, is just, oh, miss. God, another medal. God, put it on the I show. I mean, obviously, it would be exciting and I'd be happy, but it, it feels different when you did it as a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was one of the most exciting things, you know, in watching all the way to the end of the Olympics. Uh, once you guys won, my question was, you know, is, is this going to be just as big of a story on day 16 as it is now? And then it come day was. 16, yeah, like the names that were being thrown around were – you two, you know, Mackenzie, Abby, and then Max Perot, like you were up there, the most talked about athletes at the end of the games. And I, one of the things we did, I mean, you know, if you listened is uh, we would put up our Australian and Canadian, like historical athletes. And when I was looking for a Canadian athlete to put up for ski jumping, I mean, it was slim pickings. Now (laughs) thinking the next time we do this, I mean, your names will be the ones we bring up. Let's go. Um, yeah, there was also like a moment that like, there's been a few times where it's like really hit me when that like people actually know who I am now. I'm not just some kid who lives in Slovenia, like (laughs) really, I went like, felt like from overnight, I went from being just some kid who lives in Slovenia to being like Olympic medalist, like, you know, this Canadian athlete, you know, I overnight, really overnight happened. And so uh, one of the moments was when we came back from getting our medals and Mikkel Kingsbury came up to us and was like, congrats, guys, like, way to go. And Super Bernard, like... <laughs> Colin's losing the shit over that. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm nice job you too, man. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah. It, it was like a holy crap moment. It was like, oh, my God, like, he knows who we are. Like, <laughs> yeah. me? You know who wow. I am? I was like, oh, yeah. my God. It was the same thing for me with, uh, yeah, with Max Burrow. When me yeah. and Abby did that interview, he was just finishing up his interview and, you know, he came back and we were chatting a bit and he's like, this was before we got our medals and he had already had his gold around his neck and we were like, whoa, like crazy man. And he's like, you know, congratulating us. And then we we're like, dude, congrats to you. Like, here's his gold, man. Like, <laughs> Wow. Jeez. Yeah, but I'm just thinking with we... this. Please, no, go, Ali. You, oh, you're sorry. in the I middle of here. I, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> one of the other moments that really hit me that people know who I was, I hadn't gone to school probably for more than two or three days at a time since I was in grade nine. Uh, and so no one really knew who I was. Like, they're like, they knew they had a, we had a ski jumper there. And when I got back to school, there was a board with Sukup's face, my face, and Mackenzie's face. Like a giant board in the middle of the school that was like NSS at the Olympics. And so that's my school name is NSS. And so I was like, oh my God. I was like, and the first person who saw me was like, oh my God, are you the ski jumper? And I'm like, oh no. And so probably, oh, this is embarrassing now. Take the medal away. I Probably the first three weeks of school, and then I got sick, but for the first three weeks of school, like there wasn't a day that went by that one person didn't come up to me and ask me about it or was like, are you the Olympic medalist? Are you, is this who you are? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. 
Like it's my picture on the wall. Also, you're probably <laughs> still wearing the medal though, right? That probably also <laughs> gave it away. Uh, even today I was writing an exam and in this exam center, some kid turns around to me like with, I don't know how old they are. They're a year or two younger than me. And they turn around, they whip around and they're like, are you the one that went to the Olympics? And I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> and I'm like, and they're like kind of asking about it. I'm like, I'm writing an exam right now. Like if you want to ask me about it later, feel free, but can I finish my exam first? And they're like, oh yeah, sorry. Okay. And turns back around and starts writing the art exam again. I was like, wow. oh, yeah. Jeez, what was one the of the burden. questions about how many grams your skis can weigh? Because then it would explain maybe. <laughs> like it was just, it was, it was strange going back to school. And like, even now I was in the, you know, Earl's, so a Canadian restaurant chain. And um, someone came up to me and was like, oh my God, are you that Olympic medalist? And I'm like, well, I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Like I've had it a few times where people are like, oh, like you look familiar. Are you like an athlete or something? And I'm like, yeah, I was in Beijing. <laughs> so <laughs> I was happy I like, you too, I like interacting with people that, that don't know yet. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I have, a, I know a secret you don't. I'm like, it's like kind of. Just for example, like I had to go to the optometrist the other day just to do a check. And my optometrist like knows I'm a ski jumper. She like, every time she's always asking about it, but uh, I don't think she saw anything in the news. And so, you know, we're talking, she's like, Oh, did you go to the Olympics? I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. And she's like, <laughs> how did you do? And I was like, I, uh, I got third or we got third. And she's like, <laughs> so excited he freezes <laughs> it's like I get kind of fun sometimes but that's oh, my um, dog's at the door hold on Can oh god me? everything's happening right now there's freezing there's dogs happening you know just, you, oh was I frozen there for a second just a little bit but it was entertaining like it was not, not a bad it was, freeze it was, it was just like, the right spot to freeze it was like oh, perfect okay, time perfect. now we've got dogs involved like this is the most <laughs> exciting interview we've ever done Colin this is this is what happens Introduce us to, to your dog here, Ali. Like what what's uh, hey. let me see if I can let me see if I can fix my internet. He's a little Boston Terrier. Oh, and how and how yeah, old is I, he? I think he's nine. You're nine. You right? think he's Where? nine. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. Well, she's only 18, Ben. <laughs> well, you know, we we're not getting through these ages again right now basically. Remember that uh the, the trouble we get in with that. But um Where did uh, Matt, uh, where I... did your dog's name come from? Somebody He chose it himself. He decided to uh <laughs> to bring that up. Before we get to the questions, one thing I need to quickly point out, because mainly because I like to embarrass Colin on air, um, can we just also gladly, while we have two medalists from a mixed team event at the Olympics, firmly say that mixed team events at the Olympics are great? Because Colin's not a fan I of mixed team events. I never said they weren't. I said I didn't like one mixed team event. <laughs> He's lying. He's lying. Al, you listen to the show. You you know he hates them. That's okay. okay. We proved you wrong already. So yeah. <laughs> We prove how great they are. Ben, ben, uh, ben finally uh, breaks the curse, and now <laughs> he wants to throw everybody else under. I the get bus. cocky. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm getting cocky. Trust me. If we ever get, we ever get um, Eileen Gu or Michaela Schifrin on the show, you can call me out. Don't worry, it's it's fine. Colin. You've got you've got plenty of ammo to to use against me when it comes out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did, did you appreciate a Michaela Schifrin love at all? Did you bump into yeah, her at the village? Absolutely. <laughs> no, they were. Uh, I didn't. I think the downhill skiers were actually in a different village than us. 
So mm -hmm. we had freestyle, we had ski cross, we had Nordic sports. What else did we have in our village? I think that like was like moguls. Um, yeah, yeah, like freestyle Nordic sports and ski cross because ski cross is kind of the in between of. <laughs> You know, yeah, they're the in between sports. sports so <laughs> they're they just, they so. mash them all together. That's kind of what yeah. they do, right? That's basically what it is. Anyway, which actually, speaking of moguls, like uh, I mean, as I said before, you got our athlete of the day. I fought for that. You got the Daily Dale. Now, let, let's be honest. I, I know you two are very familiar with it, the esteemed great Australian slash Canadian Dale Beg Smith. But I mean, <laughs> what means what means more to you, winning an Olympic bronze medal or winning off the podium's Daily Dale? Well, but the thing is, we wouldn't have gotten the Daily Dale if it wasn't for the Olympic medals. So, you know, it's kind of a two for one with the Daily Dale, you know. But it, it just, just say it means a little bit more, though, right? Because you knew by winning that medal, because you know by right. listening to the show, you knew that you were going to get that. So you think, like, well, hey, the reason I win a medal is so I can win the Daily Dale. Ben, yeah, ben if you, if you, yeah, I was going to say, Ben, if, you, if you're really listening to her answer, she's saying, Winning the Olympic medal leads to the Daily Dale. Exactly. <laughs> kind of like That's a bronze will lead to a silver to and gold. Yeah, there exactly. you go. <laughs> exactly. And then Dale Big Smith on his island is just he's just he's <laughs> smiling right now at the prospect of that. That's what it I like it. It works out very well. Um now, Matt, we ask these questions to Ali. These are sort of a get to know so which I mean you I think you mentioned to me, Ali, that you got these questions, but did they not publish them on the website again or we got them for Youth Olympics. That's what they were for. Ah. I didn't get, we didn't get them this time. Right. Mm. Jesus, Canadian Olympic Committee, what's going on? These, these, you know, back in the day when they did cool things for the website. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I can Ali, have you ask your COC lady. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you might have an in now that you've got a bit of weight there. But, well, um, Al, you can answer these again if you want to. Okay. Just, I just in case. Okay. How, what, are, what are these questions like? Well, you're about um, to find out. They're they're very in depth <laughs> and hard. I mean, I mean, Ali's back on the show, so clearly we didn't torture her too badly. These are these are what athletes prior to the last two Olympics, like Tokyo and your games, were given and was published on the website. They would fill it out in their own handwriting. Some of them are serious mm -hmm. questions. Some of them are ridiculous questions. So and uh, there'll, be, there'll be some good and drawings. Yeah, so there'll be some variety in there. Okay, exactly. Okay. We actually so, didn't get these ones though. You didn't get these at all. So in any no, of the. We didn't get any sort of questions like that. Like we had like, uh, we filled out a, our athlete portfolio, but we didn't get any fun questions like that. I'm just, I just think that they just dropped the ball here. I just don't know what happened. No, I they really just don't. passed the baton to us, Ben. It's, it's on yeah, us they did. Well, exactly. <laughs> they were like, yeah, off the podium, we'll do that. All right. So Colin and I will alternate between these two. Uh, I, I think we've got the same questionnaire up here, Colin. Otherwise, we're just going to yes. work off a whim here. All right. Um, so we're basing these off uh, Bailey Bram, a hockey player. So there you go. The esteemed. I, I don't know. She's probably great Canadian. No offense. Um, um, your favorite uh, Olympic moment of all time is Matt, and you can answer your own that you just won a bronze medal. If that is can your I favorite, can I change Olympic my moment. answer from the last? No, time you I are think? you are not allowed to. <laughs> yeah. uh, favorite Olympic moment is uh, is our moment. Yeah. Of course, you can, I've, Ali. Yeah, yeah, I have waited so long for somebody to answer that. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite Olympic moment now too. But I mean, it's extra special for us, obviously. So a, a, a really close second would be. Um, Sidney Crosby's golden goal, mm. 2010. And I'm, I'm guessing you're watching it live. I even love that. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> that moment. Yeah. Most most watched event in Canadian history. 
yeah. well, let's let's see if um, Sidney Crosby can go two for two here. Um, as a kid, my favorite sports team was. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with uh, with Ben's shirt. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Come on. It's not the worst the Canadian team you can go back for. Back in the Ginla era. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. why I hate, Tam- why I I hate Tampa like, Bay because of I, 2004. So, you know. I actually still have like a tiny baby Ginla jersey. Like, I mean, not baby, baby, but I probably still fit in it because I have the upper body of a ski jumper. Uh, <laughs> but it's like for like probably a 12 year old or like 10, 12 year old. Which I've got to ask it's- then because like. I know generally, it, like I've been to a few events here in New York. I was at a, I was at a Rangers game, and they had a couple of the silver medal winning hockey team, the, the women's team. Now that you're both bronze medalists, we're in the playoffs at the time of recording this. Can you like just sneak into Scotiabank Saddledome, just like sup bronze medal, put me up, you know, <laughs> know. playoff tickets? I hope so. I want to. I want to try that. Um, I actually went to. I was invited to a Vancouver Canucks game. So oh, I that doesn't count. To- That's not real hockey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. talking about real teams here come on (laughs) uh so i got to go to a vancouver game but you know uh they were gonna try and see if we could get or like we were talking about trying to get into a game here with some hardware surely like you know like right now in the midst of the playoffs like you're on board with that matt just get there sneak in just show Mm -hmm. like you don't you don't need a ticket you just show an olympic medal oh yes right this way (laughs) to the box you know you'll be sitting with a gimler You'll be there. <laughs> um, are you are you both are you confident in the playoffs? I mean, at the time we're releasing this, so we've probably choked and been eliminated. But um, I mean, game one was good. <laughs> yeah, game one was well. Game one worked. Yep. How are the Leafs doing right now, Colin? Are you looking at the score? Um, I, I the last time I recorded with you, you spoiled something and it was good. So you can spoil it for me if it's going. Do you well. want me to spoil? All right. Well, this is this is bra- again. This makes Actually, no yeah, sense because we are we are dating this. Has been this. Released. this is very dated. This is game two of round one, and I can tell you that the Leafs. Whoa, sure, you want to know the score? <laughs> oh no! Is the Chris back there? <laughs> Seventeen minutes to go in the third period. Leafs one, Lightning four. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, this this is the last time you're allowed to read the score on the air, Ben. <laughs> okay. Thanks for that. Um, if you could be any superhero, who would you be? Oof. Um, I don't really, I don't, like, never really been to superheroes, but uh, probably Spider-Man seems pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah, Tobey Maguire. That's that's the one, right? No, no, the um, oh. the most recent one. What's his name? Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, man, I you thought really know right? said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're calling you Tobey Maguire fan or what? How can Who you isn't a Tobey Maguire fan? Who is your favorite Spider Spider Man? If you don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I mean. I'm not that into superheroes, but or uh, you know, I don't know. At least he didn't like Henry Cavill colors. or something like that. Yeah, yeah this <laughs> kind of looks like it. Yeah. Ali, did you uh, want to change your answer on this? I don't. I don't remember what yours no, I'm was. I'm going to stick with Superman. Good. <laughs> I, had to, I, I took. I should have kept it up because I have this on display usually. So. Oh, nice. I love. Superman. I, pre- I appreciate I we just got everything show and tell tonight. <laughs> oh, wonderful! Um, next one. My favorite music artist is. Ooh, um, band from New York called Beach Fossils. 
beach, beach fossils. fossils. What's what's the genre? It's kind of like indie rock. Okay. Every, every time I hear something I don't know, I add it to my list here, so it's on. He there. does. He, <laughs> no, he they're really, really good. Really yeah. good. Do you agree with that, Ali? Are they really good? I I don't know. <laughs> Probably played it in the van one day or something, but okay. Have to, but. <laughs> Do you go back into the memory bank? Um, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pizza, pretty easy. Pizza, okay. Did you get that one, Ali? Did we ask you that one? What? Did we ask I you that one? I don't think we did. Um, you can answer. Probably, Different question. I'd probably say a chicken sandwich. Ooh, force-fed to you by your boyfriend. KFC. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, no, that was just having. That was just the KFC because I don't have McDonald's. Is he in the background like, forcing you to KFC answer this? Your favorite pop. food is a chicken sandwich. <laughs> well, Ali, have that's you been to the Popeyes yet in Calgary on Seventeenth? No. I need to go. I always really? go to Cluck and Cleaver. Cluck no, and it's Cleaver. Also- Ooh, it's, you don't have Chick Fil A like- in Canada, do you? Chick Fil A is the no. best. Oh, it is really good. Few times here in New York, damn Sunday. We're just like being shamelessly like plugging our favorite chicken restaurants in Calgary. <laughs> that only and, us two know. <laughs> but if they're listening, they can be proud sponsors of Off the Podium because we would That's appreciate true. the support. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, your favorite place to compete is uh, Sapporo, Japan. Oh, potential 2030 yeah. Winter Olympic host as well. They're in the running as well. So be- Vancouver doesn't get it. Sapporo. Yeah, either way, it's really, really nice. Yeah, except for Salt Lake. We don't want to go back there, do we? Come on, you know, Mormons. Mm. Uh, <laughs> hello to all our Mormons listening. Um, there's a- <laughs> have you checked our demographic in Utah lately, Ben? <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if we have the, the demographics of the religions listening. Um, and Mormons are forgiving people. I saw the Book of Mormon. They're fine. They're good. Um, <laughs> the, uh- You're taking yourself into a hole here. I'm just... <laughs> Hey, no it's 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 a it's a common thing on this show. You should know that. You listen. Come on. Um, we we want to make the sports podcast awards for the brief time we held the sports podcast Olympic. You're podcast joking you. about you guys getting a silver medal. We're going to get disqualified from winning it. Yeah, <laughs> the Ben curse returns. It was a nice time being an award-winning podcast host. Um, the, the, there is a drawing aspect, as we said. So if you both want to draw a picture of yourself at some point and send it in, we will. Uh, actually, you can draw a picture of each other. I feel that would be more fun, wouldn't it? Like, okay, so I'm going to draw a picture. Matt and he's gonna draw yep. one of me. Yeah, okay. I think that'd be more fun. We'll do. Yeah, I know which photos we should do. We should do the ones where we're on the podium holding our medals and we're right next to each other. Ah. <laughs> okay. We, so we, we both draw ourselves. We draw. No, we two. draw each other. You draw. draw each other. You draw Ali. She draws you. And Matt, okay. I dare you to draw a chicken sandwich in her hand. Okay. <laughs> If you think I can draw a chicken sandwich, you're already asking too much. Hey, if you, you can try, you know. I bet you didn't think you were coming away from the Olympics with a medal, so you never know until you try. <laughs> yeah, I'll listen, I'll try. I don't think you'll be able to tell it's a chicken sandwich, but... <laughs> you look like a messed up medal. Uh, um, I suppose I'll take the next one here. Uh, one thing I've always wanted to do is... You could also answer, draw pictures of each other. <laughs> mm. Well, I think last time I did this, I said I wanted to win an Olympic medal. So I think I Force So change. you're saying there's a hundred percent chance of this coming true. So Matt, think yes. carefully. <laughs> Go to space. <laughs> Ooh, I would like to be, I don't know, 
very rich. I don't know. If, if, <laughs> if we're talking about things that are going to come true, that would be pretty nice. Olympic medalist, you're halfway there, I think. Mm-hmm. You know? I want to ski fly. That's what I want to do. Ski fly. When's that becoming an Olympic yeah. sport? Probably not going to just because it's quite difficult to build the facility because it's two times bigger than a normal large hill. So I say do it for Vancouver 2030. Just if you're listening, Vancouver okay. Organizing Committee, I just I think well, it will work. Well, Matt has actually ski flown, so yeah. I'd Is, like to point that like, out. For like the last three years, four years, I think. And in terms of when it comes to, we've talked about how ski jumping, you are basically Superman, you are flying. Is that just adding mm-hmm. a whole extra element to it because you're what going twice as far, aren't you? Like, or even further than that, aren't you? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it is the same sport. You have to still ski jump. You still have to fly. It's just, yeah, you're going considerably faster and you're flying considerably, considerably longer. And um, yeah, it's, I think it just makes it really special because there's only a couple events per year. So like this year, I think I got maybe eight total ski flooring jumps and, you know, wow. you have to wait a whole year, eight total across three different venues. Wow. So like, um, it's a long, it's a really special time when you're at the top of the hill and you get to do it. And, uh, of course it's just incredibly fun also like, uh, you know, flying for twice as far, um, and then, yeah, the, also the adrenaline part, like it's a big part of our sport. I know Ali, you can probably relate like that feeling of like kind of being scared, not scared, but nervous knowing you're in control. And then when you get to the bottom, that feeling of like, like, wow, that was fun, amazing, exhilarating. Like, I think well, that's like what this podcast. going in the sport. Like that aspect where it's like, if I do this wrong, I could really hurt myself, but it's like. I don't know, the risk adds to the excitement because it heightens all your senses and increases the adrenaline. So it's like, you know, when you come over to the top of the hill when you've had a good jump, it's just like you're flooded with adrenaline and it's kind of like it's almost relaxing, but at the same time, it's like all your muscles are contracting and, you know, it, your head is relaxed, but your body's not. Again, yeah. like this podcast. That's- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The parallels there. And is there not female ski flying? Is that not a thing? There's there's going to be female ski flying next winter, but it's only for the top 15 girls. So First ever. Wow. First time ever. That one girl, or like in the early 2000s, they had a few girls like test jump, but never a competition. So this will be the first time women get to competitive, competitively ski fly ever. So, wow. That's so like if you just, it's basically stick to the top 15 and you're in basically. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gee, can you not just get on the jump anyway? Like I know you want to compete, but can you just be I like, know, oh, no, I'm uh, just going to do we've, it. We've made a lot of jokes about, you know, Oh, I'll just dress up as a forerunner or, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But uh, when it comes to ski flying, I feel like they're going to be a little bit more, uh, careful as to who they're letting jump because you know it is a bigger hill and they don't want people to hurt themselves mm. okay and remember 300 grams ali just remember yeah. that one as well <laughs> um matt your favorite thing to do in the summer is Ooh, um ski jump come on yeah <laughs> obviously ski jump um close second is uh probably Calgary Stampede. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. 
nice. Actually, just quickly, in the background there, you've got, is that a photo? Is that you ski jumping in that photo behind you? This is actually a really cool photo. Um, it's from, I think, 1960 or something like that. And that's Banff. Wow. Oh, wow. So down there in Mount, on Mount Norquay. Jeez. That's amazing. Yeah. Again, to yeah, our audio listeners, please check out our YouTube right now. This is uh, the, the photo that we can be seeing there. That's fantastic. Definitely, obviously, not you ski jumping then if it was in 1960. <laughs> this is coming off the 80-meter ski jump. Wow. And is it? do they still have any form of ski jump in Banff? I don't think they do, do they? Or <laughs> No, no. But uh, Parkway is only a downhill ski hill now. So Right. Okay. There you go, Banff, if you're listening. I always like Banff is one of my favorite names in the world because it just sounds like it should be in a superhero movie. It sounds like, you know, the old Batman comics and like, pow, bow. Like it just, <laughs> just sounds like some sort of action that should be in a comic book. <laughs> uh, next one up, uh, my favorite movie is. Ooh, um, probably... I think I like Inglorious Bastards a lot. Good choice. Quentin Tarantino. Good choice. We can just see him do a ski jumping movie. I reckon there's lots of. <laughs> oh, it was obviously actually Eddie the Eagle. So. Oh, of course, because oh, yeah. uh, we <laughs> all know all ski jumpers love. Everybody Eddie loves the... Eddie the Eagle. Right? I, I just, I don't, I think we might have talked about it on the podcast, but um, the the oh, first. You did. The first night when um, Tali and Dean were doing the curling, they literally, on the great Channel 7, uh, my favourite network because I work for them, uh, they showed Eddie the Eagle before following it up with the first day of the Winter Olympics. So that was Australia's uh, contribution to the Winter Olympics. Um, your favourite place to visit in Canada is? I like the Okanagan, which is kind of close yep. to Vancouver. I've been to the Okanagan, great place. Yep. I remember driving four hours between Vancouver and Kelowna. Uh, that was yep. a fun trip. <laughs> I like how I just was like, yep, it's super close. And you're like, yeah, I drove four hours. Oh, yeah. I'll just, I'll just ruin the illusion for you. You're welcome. Uh, I've shat all over Vancouver. That was the Canucks, at least, of that name. Um, I like Vancouver. I just don't like the Canucks. Um, yeah. Colin, that's your point to ask the next Oh, question. did Matt answer that one? Yeah, I said Vancouver. Oh, okay. Okay. I missed that. Thanks for Uh, listening, Colin. Jesus Christ. We're going to get our award taken away because you're not listening to our guests. (laughs) Because that's the worst thing that's ever happened on the show. Yes. (laughs) Um, Your favorite cartoon to watch growing up was? Ooh, growing up. um, Probably SpongeBob, honestly. (laughs) That show's completely goaded. It's, uh, It's timeless. Is, can, is this where we ask you to sing the theme song for us? No, no. <laughs> Ali's, Ali's keen. Ali's keen. She wants to do it. No, no, no. I want him to do it. I, I <laughs> Karaoke <laughs> time. Proving proving it is timeless. My five-year-old still is obsessed with SpongeBob. We can get him down here. He could do the theme song if you really want. I think, we, I think that you, you know how timeless it is when Avril Lavigne sang it for what the first movie they did, like a Canadian icon <laughs> singing SpongeBob. I mean, come on. That just, you know, comes together. I don't think we asked you that one, Ali. Did you have a cartoon you watched growing up? Uh, I watched Phineas and Ferb. I don't even know what that is. Uh, it rings a bell, but I, like, <laughs> great titles. They had like a triangle like, head, right? Yeah, it's like the two brothers who always build stuff, and then they've got a 
a pet platypus that's a spy. So they're Australian. <laughs> oh, it's oh, yeah, Perry the platypus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got we have a, a James Bond podcast. Now you said spy. We're gonna definitely add it to our list of a recap. <laughs> and as an Australian, I don't know whether to be offended or honoured that they had a pet platypus. So um, <laughs> maybe a bit of both. It's not. Um, Speaking of singing, um, now is a part where we all sing. No, uh, if you had to do karaoke, Matt, what song would you sing? Um, so I actually have done karaoke several times. Um, <laughs> usually I just pick like the dumbest possible song because I know I'm not good at singing. <laughs> but if I pick something really dumb, then it's a joke and it's not like I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I think... I think I rapped a Kanye song oh. um, with my friend. I think I was Monster. Go on. Think- go on right now. Come on. Oh, drop no the, chance. Cue drop- <laughs> <laughs> up the music column. I- I've got it ready to go. <laughs> the thing about karaoke is you're already like several drinks in, so it's easy. <laughs> well, Ali wouldn't know about that. She's what, you know, underage, right? So you would have I'm remember. I'm no longer no, underage. Thank you very much. She's not bird. It's 18. Oh, it is, of yeah. course. Right. Okay. I'm just, I'm, look, I'm Australian. 18 is legal for drinking, but I'm thinking, Canada, you're weird. You're 19. And I'm in America where it's 21. So well, just, every everyone just had province, the same age. Come on. Every other province, it's 19, except for mine. So. Yeah, suck it, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm legal. I'm, do you have a favorite karaoke song then? Me? Mm hmm. No, I cannot sing. <laughs> I love the shock reaction. Me? <laughs> You think I can sing? <laughs> we, we really need to bring a singing element into the show, Colin, just to put it straight on the spot. Hey, it's taken us, what, six years and we've got people drawing now. I mean, by the next True. Olympics, we'll have people singing. Um, <laughs> it, unless, unless either of you want to draw a picture of your favourite animal, this will be the last question. Uh, if you could be an Olympian in any sport other than your own, which sport would you choose? That's a good question. I wouldn't even pick Nordic combined because I don't have the arm strength to cross country ski. Oh, everyone yeah, should pick Nordic combined. Cross country skiing is the worst. Like I'm saying this right now. I mean, we had to do that in school, and I would never want to do it again in my life. Hello to all our cross country skiers. If they're I think I would pick uh, freestyle skiing. Oh, great answer. Yeah. I for a winter sport, I'd say freestyle or like something along those lines, like big air or something like that. And for summer, I think I'd say like long jump. I don't know if I'm actually tall enough for long jump though. Well, you've got the Ooh. flying part going. You can just yeah. you know work on yeah. the running. Actually, if we're thinking about summer sports, then honestly, pole vault seems pretty cool. Oh yeah, pole vault. I'm gonna change my answer. <laughs> that's, that. that's probably I, the closest to the adrenaline rush that you're already experiencing on ski jumping. Yeah, I just love that answer. I never expect somebody to answer. Like pole vault is, we've never had a pole vault on the show, but honestly, pole vault is just one of those sports. Why? Like, why would you do it? (laughs) I was asked to be for my school's track meet. I was asked to be the pole vaulter, but I had to say no because (laughs) I had knee surgery. Because my like the track, like the teacher that runs track came up to me. She's like, "No one will do this. Will you please do pole vault?" And I'm like, "I definitely do." Literally, the slogan of pole vault: "No one will do this." (laughs) And please. because everyone else was like, no, I don't want to get hurt. And I was like, oh, I would, but I have knee surgery next week. So she's like, there, there, there are just seriously, 
so many Olympic sports where you just you've got to question why people like still to this day I still question why people do moguls like why would you want to ski over bumps <laughs> sure but like like pole vault seriously is just this one sport that just baffles me like long jump sure okay high jump sure let's add a pole to it and then like jump what like six meters just, okay <laughs> that's also what just like about our horses. sports I like how like simple of an idea our mm-hmm. sport is it's just strap on a pair of skis how far can you go yeah mm-hmm. and there's it's you like, know the whole element of getting disqualified for 200 grams just i mean like the rules are complicated because i think the sport is so simple yeah, it, that's true yeah it's and like i think we we talked a lot about this in mean, winter olympics there's no dud sports and pretty much every sport though in the winter olympics can kill you except for curling so but i mean having said that curling probably could kill you if you lay down and have one of those stones hit towards your head but yeah. um, that's a different type of curling that's that's when like you know matt and ali have had a couple of drinks and they're doing karaoke oh <laughs> let's drunkenly lay on a curling <laughs> ring um because i'm sure that's what you would do um before we let you both go um matt we we always give our, our guests a chance uh to plug social medias ali you've already done it you don't get a second chance uh if people want to follow you <laughs> matt on social media so up to date with what you've got going on uh where can people follow you sure yeah um probably best place is instagram and it's pretty simple it's just at matt sukup and um uh, I kind of use Twitter every now and then, um, and that's Matthew Sukup ninety seven. Um, I don't use TikTok like Ali, so. <laughs> gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna update that Ali. Again, I still haven't got TikTok, but should I be? Like, should we be following you on TikTok just to get yeah, excited now that you're be. an Olympic medalist? She yeah. voted for us, Ben. Now we owe it to. Oh, us. sorry. You yes. Pay me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I'm just we just get you on the show while we can so you don't start charging us appearance fees now that you've got these like, <laughs> you know, medals around your neck and everything. That's why we couldn't get Abby on. Abby was like, Yes, yeah. so I looked at how much she was charging for her to come on the show. I'm like, get stuffed, Abby. You're not that good. Come on. <laughs> like once is enough. Just you know, like the, the, the medal around the neck. Guys, it has been a lot of fun to be able to to relive obviously everything from Beijing and, and learn about it. Just seriously one of the best moments I think I've ever had doing this show was that night when that was happening. It was just such a such a fun time to be able to watch that and see see you guys get that medal and uh, obviously the, the groundbreaking nature it was for the sport in Canada and everything else in between. So best of luck moving forward with everything. To you, Matt, thank you so much for your first time on the show. This has been a, a lot of fun for you to join us tonight. Mm, thank you for having me. And Ali, yeah, I'm glad that tonight we didn't talk about your crutch. So um, we'll just <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Thank you for having me again. And a big thanks to both Ali and Matt there. A a great chat. And just a reminder, as I said at the beginning, Go and watch the YouTube version of this because, as you heard in that, we get appearance from Big Dwen Dwen. That's enough mm-hmm. to tell it right there. Uh, there's medals. There's the the photo on the wall of Matt there. Great, great chat. And, um, yeah, that was that was a very unique interview, Colin, but uh, a very, very enjoyable one. Do you know what? Um, this, I think this, again, goes back to uh, what I was saying at the beginning about the excitement that these ski jumping athletes have that you're not necessarily getting out of a lot of the sports here in North America. Uh we usually, we hope for those stories of, you know, the experiences in the Olympic village and meeting other athletes, getting starstruck and, and just the excitement of 
the media attention and often the answers we get from most athletes like, oh, yeah, you know, I remember the first time I did an interview and just having them go and tell all those stories. I mean, that's kind of what we've wanted for years to hear. I mean, it's so it's so refreshing to hear athletes who get as excited as we get as fans watching this. And I mean, meeting Simona Mann, I mean, obviously Macau Kingsbury, you know, mm-hmm. Max Perot, like people like that that are recognizing them as well. Like that's a pretty epic moment, I think, for uh, any athlete to kind of have people like that recognize you and want to get their photo taken with you. So I'm just saying right now, Joe Rogan, when he comes up to us, like, oh my God, you're that award-winning podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like we'd say, no, fuck off, mate. You go away. Like we don't want our photo with you. Uh, I mean, we've got standards. Even- even Jared Lubick comes up to us and he doesn't Ooh. recognize us. <laughs> I know. Well, that, that guy's an enigma. Uh, you know, he's the host <laughs> of Eurovision as well. What a great, what a great season Eurovision the, had last month as well. Can I just point that out? Just, uh, he's pretty were, much the Dale big, Dale big Smith of podcasting, right? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. That's, um, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a bit of a lie. And just quickly, uh, given that, uh, we are airing this, uh, a month basically after we recorded it, breaking news in the ice hockey. <laughs> Game two of round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs 2022, Maple Leafs three, a lightning five at the end of that match. So um, breaking news. I think this is the new curse. I mean, if I record with Ben instead of watching the game, this is what happens. So... Hey, I'm I'm a happy Flames fan at the time of recording this. We've won a game. We're undefeated in the Stanley. I mean, everyone knows listening to this in June that we both got eliminated in the first round. So whatever. <laughs> I predicted that there was going to be the Stanley Cup finals were between Calgary and Toronto. So you know they're both going out in the first round. Um, but I think one thing that I'll say too is that obviously, you know, having Ali back on in January, and as I mentioned in that interview about how you still search for her name and it comes up, you know, with our interview. So it's kind of it's it's unique i think on this show that we've kind of been with someone from the beginning when they've gone on to the success that they have i mean i'm not to take away from any of the athletes we've had on this show who weren't really well known and then went on to become you know a bit known because of the olympics but i think this was a a different situation you know having Mm. ali on so young we won't mention her age um and to go on to what has happened and in a unique way this would be like if you know, when we when we had, um, I've gone blank on his name, I feel terrible, from sport climbing, if we had him on the show and then mm-hmm. he went on to win like a gold medal and was our best athlete in Tokyo, that would have been exactly the same thing from an Australian perspective. So, yeah, um, yeah. Well, it, I, mean, I think that's kind of, that's why I think I hold, you know, that moment from Beijing so high on that personal level because it's kind of like we were there from the beginning. Yeah, you know, I think about some of the other athletes we had on, like um, the first time Britt Cox was on the show, uh, you know, she, her name was getting out there. I mean, there was attention on her, as she kind of said, not so much in Australia, strangely enough, but, uh, you know, she comes back on four years later, and it was interesting to hear that change, and, you know, oh, four years later is more attention. Dean and Tali, you know, the Australian um, curlers. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think the difference being, I mean, those were people who, going into those games, there was still some talk of them, you know, and uh, for Ali to even say like, yeah, like this was my first Olympics. I had no expectations going in. You know, I had not done a lot of interviews and then I'm coming out of this games, you know, basically a season pro quickest interview ever the CPC's had after it. And uh, you know, Matt uh, telling all the stories about uh, him uh, with uh, doing the interviews with Abby as well. And them staying up all night. Uh, it, It really was one of those, I, I, of course I mentioned the interview it was one of those things where I got more excited just watching the attention they got during the Olympics, knowing that these were four athletes that probably wouldn't have gone past having their names mentioned if it made air on CBC and not just the app, 
And then seeing that they're being interviewed and that by the end of the games, their names are still in the mix of like, what was your favorite moment in the games? I mean, it, even for somebody who didn't have a curse broken, because uh, <laughs> I didn't have a curse on me, but uh, it was still so exciting to see the success they had uh, start to finish in those Olympics. Tom O'Halloran, by the way, I feel terrible that I forgot his name. <laughs> Just want to point that out. Um, award-winning podcast off the podium. Can't remember the names of their guests. <laughs> So, um, who were these two we just interviewed? Was it Bob and Sandra? Is that these ski jumpers we just interviewed? I, 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 I want to thank Mackenzie and Abby for being on the show today. (laughs) (laughs) And a big thanks to Eddie the Eagle, um, and that drunk Finnish guy that won the gold back in, uh, in, in, fuck, I can't remember the name of the Olympics, Calgary, the shirt I'm wearing. (laughs) My name is Jared Lubick. Thanks for listening to Off the Podium. (laughs) Hugh Jackman, the winner of the 1988 Winter Olympics in Brisbane. Um, great, great work there. Uh, but seriously, thanks to uh, both Ali and Matt there for, for their time and to Abby and Mackenzie. Um, charge less and we'll get you on the show. Um, coming up, <laughs> coming up, um, we're, we're going to continue on. Our next interview um, is with Bobsled. It's actually just a Bobsled. We've just, just got the bobsled. sled. <laughs> It's Ben the Bobsled. No, no. It is Bob Sled. <laughs> Strange enough, also a ski jumper. Can we like seriously, if somebody's last name is Sled, call them Bob and then they <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Sled. First that's, name Bob. That's the new mascot for off the podium. Bob <laughs> Sled. No. <laughs> Bobby Sled. <laughs> Please, somebody out there, like, Ali, if you're listening to this, don't draw a picture of Matt. Draw a picture of a b- Bob Sled. Uh, Bob Sled, the mascot. <laughs> I think that's my new fake name moving forward. <laughs> it's not Ralph Jenkins anymore. It's Bob Sled. <laughs> and you go, going, I'm Bob, Bob Sled. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Sarah, Sarah Bellaney, um, Canadian bobsled, not the person, um, bobsledder, competed in uh, in Beijing. Uh, she's on the show next, which I'm looking forward to chatting with her. And then after after Sarah, um, very excited to return to a sport that you and I love probably too much. Not really. We don't really love this sport. We make fun of this sport. But I'm interested to bring them back to this show, somebody from this show that we haven't had a, somebody on from this sport since like 2017. I'm talking about the great sport of sailing, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Uh, cue the Pirates of the Caribbean music, apparently. But <laughs> we'll be chatting to William Ryan, Olympic gold and silver medalist. And uh, very, very excited. One gold, of course, in Tokyo in the 470 class with the very esteemed uh, Matthew Belcher. And we, of course, will be talking to him about his gold and his silver that he got in Rio and everything else in between. So are you pumped for sailing and bobsled, the, the person, as well as I, the sport? <laughs> I mean, definitely for bobsled. I can say for the sailor, uh, I have been waiting for this interview for a very long time. <laughs> You've just been like, oh, very long. <laughs> where is where is my sailor? But in all seriousness, <laughs> like, we, we, we make fun of sailing. But, like, I'm honestly, like, I'm always intrigued to – talk to athletes from sports that we maybe make fun of because generally we get educated on them and then we shut up and then we praise the sport, you know. Uh, hello, sport climbing. Insert that guy's name here. Yeah. Um, Tom O'Halloran, our good friend on the show. <laughs> I can uh, honestly say, though, uh, the very first Summer Olympic sports I believe I ever watched were pole vault and sailing. And uh, 
it was enough to get me tuned into the rest of the Olympics. Were they combined? Were they pole vaulting on the boat? It was like, It was <laughs> the mixed relay of pole vault and sailing. They take the mast out of the boat and they put it in the boat <laughs> and they flip over onto the other boat. Um, funnily enough, uh, now that modern pentathlon's removing the riding, that's what they're including. It's the pole vault sailing as the fifth discipline. And- now when they get to Paris, they're going to have to add breakdance into it. Still, nobody's really sure on how that's going to happen. Yeah, no, me neither. I, I, yeah, none of us are it seems. So that, that's the next two planned ones, at least at the time of recording this. If all of a sudden next week you're hearing Bob Sled followed by um, <laughs> Lou Ouge, um, then <laughs> Lou Ouge. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Paul uh, Vaults. <laughs> oh, God. I have Mr. Volt. First name, Paul. <laughs> How did we win an award? Seriously. <laughs> now we got two mascots, just like Shui Ron Ron and Bing Duan Duan. We, we really should not win awards. Can we like, no, I'm not rescinding my awards. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, <laughs> Paul Vault. <laughs> our next... Our next episode will be naming the sports turn men. That is why is the highlight of this interview all of a sudden the stupid shit that we've come up with again? Um anyway. Coming to end, speaking of pole vault and Bob Sled, one of them will be appearing during our Commonwealth Games coverage, uh, <laughs> Birmingham 2022, which I'm I'm getting pumped for. Um, you know, it's it's time for Australia to be America and win lots of medals. <laughs> so bring it on. Uh, I say that. Is, is it getting any coverage? I mean, I'm not in Australia right now and I've at least got my social media seeing that there is some coverage back home. But uh, is it anyone in Canada giving a shit about the Commonwealth Games? <laughs> There was some mentions of it during the the last two Olympics, but outside of that, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect to hear much until we probably get to be about a week or two weeks out, which was similar last time where I was looking for who has the TV deal on this until a week or two before where I saw a commercial saying only on zone. And is it on zone again? Do you know? I'm sure. I mean, DAZN is taken off here. I mean, they can thank the Commonwealth Games for that because now DAZN's a huge thing. So I, I actually mean, remember when I was in rights, Canada, it, it was, I think that's how I watched the NFL. I think I watched the playoffs yeah. on DAZN because I got a free trial because it's like, cool, I can watch the NFL. Um, So, mm-hmm. yeah, because I remember you talking a lot about that back in 2018. Going, what the fuck is this thing? And then all of a sudden it was <laughs> everywhere. I'm like, wow, DAZN is yeah. in DAZN. So once again, <laughs> off the podium, making things happen. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> But a big thanks to Ali and Matt. A special thanks also to goes out to pole vault and bob sled um can we retire the jason momoa now and just uh, make it a shout out to bob sled and pole vault <laughs> so stupid it's hilarious um and thank you to you colin for being colin you're welcome oh, you're no you're welcome i am and remember to subscribe. i wasn't gonna thank you in return if that's what you're waiting for you know i'd thank myself so it's fine um <laughs> like subscribe do all that kind of stuff uh follow the show and um get involved in this award-winning podcast for some reason so yes plenty to come thanks for tuning in my name is ben and remember as always go left